0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: Hello, this is Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style with
0: my mates. Enjoy. Enjoy.
2: and let them have it because this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get-go boy yeah from tampa bay to the tokyo dome this is keeping it strong style with your host jeremy donovan and the young boy joshua smith and thank you for listening welcome to keeping it strong style the ace of podcasts on the social suplex podcast network jeremy donovan here with chris Sampson of sport of pro Wrestling.com. On today's show, we'll review G1 Climax 31, nights 11 through 14, answer listener questions, and cover all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling tea store, prowrestlingtees.com slash that's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuitplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPWEXT, the only browser extension for njpwworld.com with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronizing parties, and much, much more, it takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details, and like you heard, I'm joined by my man, Chris Samsa. Chris, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good. G1 season. I'm awake. I'm alive. <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> we're going to make it. It's going fast and furious. We're, you know, getting into the, the home stretch here, man. Home stretch. Yeah, this is the fun. We're at, we're in the business end, as uh, I guess Joe Lanza would say. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're in the business end of the tournament. Everything's been good. Uh, well, maybe not everything, but it's been a good tournament so far. We're going to talk a lot about it. But um, yeah, I... Uh, I feel like I'm going to make it to the end again. I'm going to conquer another G1, and yeah, uh, that always feels good. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: young boy out again this week. Should be back next week. Uh, so, yep, yeah, the, the crew should be back together. The band will be back together next week. But Like I said, i got Chris here. We're going to run through G1. Got a lot of great stuff to talk about. But first, we've got to talk about some hot news, hot off the presses. Minoru Suzuki, the king, murder grandpa, king of GCW, is going to be taking on the American Dragon Brian Danielson this Friday on the Rampage Buy In, nine p.m. Eastern, free on YouTube. Chris, we got a question about it from DOM One Hundred and One. Thoughts on Danielson versus Zuki happening this
1: Friday? I mean, why? <laughs> like, in the best way. In the best way. Why? Um, I was just telling Jeremy I I was. Pulling into my all right, pulled into my garage after going uh, to the to the grocery store for my uh, my liquid death sparkling water. Um, it's my my drink of choice, if you will. But I um, I pull in the garage and I I do a quick check on the voices of wrestling slack uh, right before I have to go handle the homestead, and I see this post that just says Dragon versus Suzuki, and I was like. Excuse me. And then I scroll up and I found the, you know, the news and the tweet. And I I, I had nothing more in me but to just say, what the fuck? <laughs> like, OK. um, I mean, what a match to just like have in your back pocket and to pull the trigger on ready to go for a YouTube thing. I mean, I'm sure they asked TNT if they could get a half hour early or whatever, but, you know, it's just it's not going to work out. And I mean, here's the thing wars in wrestling like wrestling monday night war this thing with aew it's good it's all good it's good for wrestling um and not just good in america right because like these guys are gonna want to people are gonna see brian danielson versus suzuki and they're gonna think how do i fight Minoru suzuki right and they're gonna say oh okay he's obviously he's associated with new japan where better to fight than japan right and who else right let's get over there let's do a g1 let's do you know the jericho tour whatever it may be so um it's it's happening in america which basically opens the door for it to happen in japan in different ways so you know wait for it we're all waiting for it we're waiting for you know planes and pandemics to end and it seems like things are going well in japan on that front um you know and and i can only imagine when announcements like these are going to be made in relation to you know the cerulean blue new japan ring um but either way friday um i'm not a i'm not a regular rampage watcher to be honest like i especially during the g1 i had to cut something um you cannot watch all of the wrestling um but damn, I'm going to at least watch that half hour cuz that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I mean, now I'm in, right? Like now I got to tune in Friday and you know, I'll probably just stick with it and call it a night. So, um, good move. Good on AEW. Good on Brian Danielson who who knows who made the recommendation, but um, yeah, let's go. I'm uh I'm for I'm for it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely for it. And you know, you mentioned about the popularity of wrestling helping everyone. You know, the old saying, you know, a rising tide will, will raise all ships. And so, you know, as wrestling gets hot one place, it's it's going to be good for all promotions. And yeah, this Danielson Suzuki dream match is going to to be incredible. You know, Brian has talked about wanting to work New Japan. There's the rumors that you know for his WWE deal, if he could be able to work New Japan, that'd be you know an incentive for him to stay. And so, obviously, Tony Khan's like, hey, man, I'll, I'll bring New, Di- New Japan to you <laughs> in the time being during this pandemic. I'll, I'll bring Suzuki. I'll, I'll bring in, you know, former IWGB junior tag champ Bobby Fish. I'll, I'll bring these guys to you. So, that's what we're getting here. I know there's a lot of fans complaining about hot shotting or why are they trying to compete and go head-to-head with SmackDown and blah, 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 blah. But, dude, this it, it's Brian Danielson versus freaking Minoru Suzuki
1: i mean weird flex but okay right (laughs) like it's it's fine who cares someone asked like well someone trolling on twitter they asked like what's the story i mean the story is two of the two of the greatest to ever do it in completely different ways kind of i guess um doing it in the same ring together on television i guess we'll call youtube television whatever um and not in some like, you know, maybe there's a fan cam of their 2004 match somewhere, but no one's found it. It's like, you know, Bret Hart and Tom McGee. But like, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't need a story. The story is these guys are, are two of the best and there's an opportunity to put them in a the ring together and they're going to do it on a big stage. And right. that's
2: sweet. I mean, Suzuki's only going to be in the U.S. for so long. This is, The stars are aligning perfect timing. Suzuki's been on AEW w television several times now. Um, you know, this is just a, a big matchup that you capitalize on. And, you know, he's not a regular member of the AEW roster. So, and they bring guys in all the time for for dark tapings. They, they bring in, you know, they brought in like guys like Leo Moriarty and guys like that that just get random matches. There's no story there. It's just two guys competing to see who's the best. Fighting for a spot on the roster, trying to move up in the rankings. Like the rank, like Brian, like he's trying to get more wins so he can face Kenny Omega again. So that's a story right there. If he loses, then, you know, he has hard a longer way to go. So there, there is some built-in story there, and it's going to be a great matchup.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. And, you know, the thing about YouTube is no commercials, so we don't have to worry about that. Maybe though I mean, is this the real Suzuki incident? <laughs> <laughs> it may be, right? Yeah. I mean, the Moxley match was was great. It was a budget version of their match in New Japan. So this, on the other hand, I think is gonna get um every ounce of, of energy that that they can put into it because I mean you wanna hope that someone like Brian Danielson wants to come over and do some New Japan stuff. Like we we've heard that he's said that. We know everything that you have already said about that, but who knows, right? So maybe the, maybe some of these guys do need to come to him because you know going to Japan for an extended period of time, like that's a challenge. And he's a family guy, right? And and mm. honestly, he's becoming really important to this AEW product. So you know, it's it's kind of like John Moxley before the pandemic. It it becomes a little bit more challenging to get to Japan for extended runs now. I think they've got enough star power at AEW now that some of these guys can bounce and do a full tour or, you know, even Mm -hmm. a full long weekend or a couple of weeks or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, if this is the way we get this particular match and we never see it in a different form, that's, that's fine. This is probably a good work, good reason to do it. And honestly, I love the war. I love it. I love that. They're like, they're (laughs) like, you know what? You're, you're doing a half hour against us we got some stuff to do. Sure. We'll do a half hour against you in a different way. So, you now, know, I, I, don't that, I don't know. I don't think it's a full hour. I think, or is it just full, a full hour. hour of uh, the buy-in? Oh, well, in that case, that's even better. Um, I, I, I might, I
2: might've seen that run, but I thought it was a full hour, but they're also doing a uh, Bobby fish versus uh Lee Moriarty on that buy-in.
1: It's at least an hour of head to head because SmackDown went half hour over gotcha. or is going a half hour for their super size so let's so, say,
2: uh, so it says uh tk says they're going live at 9 p.m eastern time on youtube oh okay so that's an hour yeah so hey. not nine to ten
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so they're gonna have
1: plenty of time to have let's go yeah <laughs> a quality yeah, matchup 30 minute draw that's maybe that's brian danielson's AEW <laughs> <AW> gimmick. <laughs> 30 minute draws um Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's fun. I love the, uh, you know, uh, the news cycle when it comes to like people announcing matches like this um, in a way that's exciting, like that's exciting to me, like rumors and, you know, like none of that really does anything for me. I'm not a scoops guy. I'm not a, you know, fightful select subscriber. No offense, Sean, really nice guy, but like, I don't, I don't need the backstage stuff, but like when someone announces a match like this, like that's the exciting stuff. And, you know, I guess maybe that's me, you know, keeping it in re- in the ring or keeping a kayfabe or whatever it may be. But um, this was an announcement that got me. And I was like, and you know what? I was kind of grumpy today because my <laughs> white, my white Sox, um they had a rough day against the Astros and it's the, you know, it's the end of the line for the, for a white Sox team that I have high hopes for and high hopes for in the future. But um, yeah, I was driving home a little grumpy, and this this got me this got me smiling again. Let's lift at the
2: spirits, man.
1: TK, hey, man. Yo, don't, that's don't what worry. they do. Feel good, man. They're, they're the they're the the babyface promotion of the time right now. Yes, loving it. So that's good
2: stuff. Looking forward to that. <laughs> so that's Friday on the AEW YouTube. The buy in for Rampage, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Danielson, Suzuki, Bobby Fish, Lee Moriarty, two really good matchups there to get you into Rampage. But now let's shift gears. Let's talk about G1 Climax 31. We got four nights to talk about here, nights 11 through 14. Some really good action uh, across the board this past week of G1 action. Before we talk about the participants, I do want to talk about just briefly the the Young Lions because they have been putting in work on this tour as well. So on night 11, uh, Desperado defeated OIWA. On night 12, Desperado defeated Fujita. Then on night 13, there was a tag match with Despi and Kanamaru defeating Fujita and Oiwa. And then on night 14, Hiromu defeated Oiwa. Chris, any thoughts on the progression of these two young lions and how they've been doing in their their opening matches here?
1: I This has been really fun. I think Fujita is showing a little bit more than Oiwa. Um, just you know right off the the surface i think he's just got a little bit more to work with um not any knock at Oiwa. i mean none of the neither of these guys is ready for anything more than what they're doing but um it's not that you know usually young lions don't get into the ring with you know the pros i guess or the the full-on roster members for for a little while at this level with this much consistency on a g1 tour so it's a it's you know, I don't want to say that they are being fast tracked or anything of the sort, but these guys—they look good. They look like they're ready for this this spot, and they're ready to keep jumping in. And you know, I think if you, you build out the story, of one of them is going to get their first win, probably against the other at some point, and they're going to someone's going to establish, um, you know, who's the top dog. Um, and but these guys—they look good, and they've looked good in there with everyone. And I don't, I, you know, I think the Hiromu matches are. Maybe the most interesting, but that might be because I'm the most familiar with Hiromu in the ring. Yeah. Um, So the OIWA match today uh, was... I mean, Hiromu h- held nothing back. Dude, he laid into him, man. Yep, <laughs> Dude, yep. Poor oil. his chest was like beat uh-huh. red. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. yep, yep, yep. He was gonna get it. Uh, you know, Hiromu just trying to get a win. He's he was he had a three match losing streak going in, so you know you figure you figure he's just he's just making sure he gets that W. But yeah, that was there was some chest slapping in that one. If you like chops, <laughs> watch that. Watch one. that one. Yeah, <laughs> night 14s for you um and you know i wonder what night 15 looks like right against uh fujita so that's coming up here in a couple hours um so yeah fun i love it i love to see the young lions go i think uh i think i was talking to someone earlier i mean like if you look at all the young japanese talent um no one really knew what was coming after suji and yumura right and kid i guess kids over there uh kids he's somewhere. Um. But after that kind of group, no one knew. No one knew what they had. And um, you know, Fujita and Oye will give me a lot of hope. And um, I think Nakashima looks like he's about ready to come back. He was carrying Tanahashi to the back. He's been ringside for the whole tour, so you figure he's almost healthy again. And maybe they're just letting him, um, you know, recover and or just everything go quiet and and figure out how to introduce him in, in this young lion in this young lion group too. So, but they, I, they were obviously really excited about him too. So I think we're going to see, you know, the future is bright again uh, with another group of young lions. we got a couple of years with these guys before they go off on excursion, but this is a really, really cool way for them to start their career.
2: Yeah. I think both guys really continue to impress here. We mentioned that, you know, during in their debut match, it just, it seems so far ahead for the level that they're at with the experience level they're at. And just, you can tell they're both their amateur wrestling is great. And just the way their they're grappling has been. And, You know, usually you kind of wait a while before Young Lions really fire up and kind of kickstart a matchup with all these guys. I feel like from the opening bell, these guys are like in the veterans' face, like they're pushing forward and really aggressive, really intense. That's been good to see as well. And so they're making some great progression here. And, yeah, it's going to be great to see them mix them up with more and more veterans. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, what happens, you know, tournament seasons, if these guys can kind of slide into some open spots with the pandemic still going on. It'll be interesting if that happens. But, yeah. Really, I this stuff, like you mentioned, yeah, the Hiromu oil match. <laughs> that that was a uh, brutal one, but yeah, good stuff there. So now let's uh, move on and talk about the participants here. We'll start in the A block, and we'll start at the top of the block with the Golden Star, Kota Abushi, who is now in first place, 12 points, six wins, and two losses. On night 11, Abushi defeated Tangaloa, 13 minutes and 46 seconds. And then on uh, night 13, Abushi defeated the Great Okan. 20 minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, Chris, what have you been thinking about Abushi this past week, is tournament overall, and then these two matches here?
1: I mean, all is right with the world when Kota is at the top of the block headed into the kind of tail end of the tournament. He's only got one more block match left. So that, I mean, the Naito forfeit thing, like, makes everything so <laughs> a little bit more complex, yeah. <laughs> um, which is fun for me. Um, because I thrive with complexities (laughs) of of block tournaments, so I'm thriving. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the thing I, I recognized and, 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 and thought of just now is that tomorrow morning would have been Ibushi versus Naito. Mm. I, I believe, I think that's, yeah, no, that was the main for this in, um, Sendai and, I, that's one of that's probably my favorite like go to New Japan matchup. So I am suddenly sad again. I'm in a roller coaster <laughs> oh, man, of emotions We're going today. Up and down here, man. <laughs> <But> yeah. Um, <laughs> so that is not happening. But um, I think Ibushi has. I mean, if the story is that Abushi needed to get his legs under him and then you know show up as Mr. G1, you know, modern Mr. G1. Yeah. Um. Then they have told that story. And I think that he, I, the, the great Ocon match was really fun. I'm going to save my, my takes on that until we talk about Ocon. but um, he's, he, you know, he's in the mix for the, he's going to be alive and in the lead, or at least tied for the lead going into the last night. And honestly, like what, what more can you ask for from a, you know, kind of a perennial G1 contender?
2: Yeah, I thought they set the stage really well with the opening of him losing the Yujiro and then him having to, you know, fight back, you know, get his win back and kind of get back to full Abushi form. we saw a lot of that, you know, in the previous week we he faced off Shingo in that big main event and got that win there. Um, and then, you know, two really solid matches this past week as well. You know, the Tangaloa match, um, you know, really good stuff there. I mean, Tangaloa did a lot of cool stuff, you know, doing a Poison Rana and a uh, Standing Moonsault. And so... Kind of interesting, you know, he's trying to, like, match. He was trying to match with Ibushi there, but also Ibushi able to overcome, you know, put him away with the Kakamagoye And then the great Okan match, man, that was just awesome. That was like a, you know, almost like a work shoot, um, a little bit maybe UWFI, just a lot of grappling, a lot of MMA influence in that matchup. And, man, like, that, that was, I'm just, we'll talk about great in a little bit later, but that was a great highlight, main event spot for Okan. And it wasn't just Abushi making Okan look good, but uh, Abushi looked good in that match as well, and that was a big win. Getting Abushi to twelve points, and you know, a guy who started at you know at the bottom of the block, he's you know the top dog right now. Going into um, the the last few nights here, twelve points, and he does have a lot of guys you know nipping at his heels. Uh, But overall, I mean, I think Abushi, he's he's a heavy favorite now
1: to make his what fourth uh, final appearance in a row. That would be four in a row, which is, I mean, three was unprecedented. Four um, would also be unprecedented. But, I mean, I I don't know if we're talking about the block as a whole, but the A block is the anyone can go to the final block (laughs) to me. I mean, like, you've got a bunch of guys that are still in it. Ibushi, Saber, Shingo, Kenta, even Ishii is still in the hunt um technically so any one of those guys is anyone like blinking twice at them in the final no No, right like any one of those guys can go to the final and no one would think wow that's egregious right like you'd think like okay that were maybe abush is the guy that makes the most sense because he's the guy who's been in that spot for for so long but you know i don't think that's anything um I don't think that's anything that anyone is is counting on. I mean, you know, you also don't count on someone going to the final four years in a row. Right. Um, but he's he's becoming Mr. G1. And I don't know that he's ever going to be Mr. IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Right. I mean, like maybe he gets a run again. But if every year Ibushi a threat, if that if, if this is how you establish it every single year for the rest of his career, that Ibushi can turn it up for the G1 um maybe fourth finals not a terrible idea right i mean i think that's fun he's also one of my favorite wrestlers so like i can't complain about it but i think all the finals have delivered and he's been a good story and um i i i, I kind of thought he was going to just like putter through this g1 but they he turned it up and he's had some really good stuff i mean the shingle match was great great Ocon match was great um you know he's got what does he have who does he have left
2: he has uh, Satoshi Kojima non-tournament <laughs> matchup, right?
1: Then he has Kenta. Kenta, right? So and so, I think the Kenta match is gonna end up the well, probably the determining match in one way or another.
2: Right. It could either be a like the main event winner takes all, or it could end up if you know Kenta loses before he goes to Abushi, it could be Kenta spoiling Abushi. Um, you can have that situation or a situation where like Ibushi has to win and somebody else has to lose kind of thing. So a lot of different interesting scenarios to make that uh, final A block night. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. And the Kenta match should be good too. Like that's only going to add to Ibushi's tournament. So I, I, I think Ibushi's had a better than advertised G1 as, as it's gone along.
2: Yeah. Well, we got three guys here at 10 points, all nipping at Kota Ibushi's heels. We'll talk about the first guy, the, Current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the Dragon, Shingo Takagi. Five wins and two losses. On night 11, Shingo defeated Toriano, And then on night 13, he defeated Tangaloa. 19 minutes and eight seconds.
1: Shingo, I mean, if Shingo can just snag the belt before every year's G1, so he's got a target on his back, and we can get kind of, you know, eight or nine Twenty-two minute Shingo Takagi, twenty-two to thirty-minute Shingo Takagi matches. Is anyone going to complain? Like, (laughs) right? Like this dude is. I mean, he shows up no matter what. um, There's a reason he's he's kind of a he's there's a reason he's a champion in New Japan, but also there's a reason that he's the guy that has kind of. been able to bypass some of the, I guess, internal politics of of who gets to be champion in New Japan as as an outsider who was developed somewhere else and did a long long you know career somewhere else and then came into New Japan and, and his is having a good run as as champion. It's because he's so good, so charismatic, so you know he he will give you the best he can in a match with Toriano or Tangleoa or Ishi or Naito or Yujiro, like he, Shingo shows up and he shows up like a champion. And, you know, he's over the last 90 days, he's had like a singles match every eight days on average. And obviously that's even more during the G1, but like that is the time he's been the champion. Like that's a lot of wrestling (laughs) at that level, at the level of the IWGP world heavyweight champion. And I, you know, I haven't seen him lose a step. You know, the man is, the man is good um and his g1's been good too i mean again you put a target on shingo's back and you give him give everyone something interesting to go after and um it's been it's been really good and i you know the two his two losses ibushi zach saber jr um you know if that if if those are only setting up just the title match or maybe a power struggle or battle in the valley or you know world tag league finals cool like those are good those are good matchups too um you know i think that that's always an interesting thing to to pay mind to uh, with the champion in G1. Yeah, we'll definitely get
2: some fall defenses there. And, uh, yeah, I thought Shingo, you know, looked great, man. Just one of the top performers in the tournament uh, this past week. Uh, you know, he had Toriyano on 11, and, you know, they kept it relatively short. It was your typical Yano kind of haha, like some blindfolds um, involved. But, you know, eventually Shingo put Yano away really quick, uh, got some two points there. And then the Tangaloa match was just very... Uh, Hard hitting Shingo, doing a great job of making Tangaloa look good and giving him a lot of offense in the match. It was a really scary spot uh, spot where Tangaloa went for like a super power slam. I thought he was going to try and do a super ape shit, um, but then he was going for like a super power slam and kind of slipped. But luckily, uh, Shingo landed all right. That's the second time that somebody almost tried to kill Shingo <laughs> off, off an av- avalanche maneuver there, but uh, rebounded from that, and uh, Shingo was able to. Uh, Used some junior offense, p- busted up a Hurricane run off of a power bomb attempt, and then finally uh, was able to put Tenglo away with the Last of Dragon, dropping Tangalo right on his head. Luckily, he's a Tongan and has a, a hard head. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, he took that fine. He
1: seems seems <clears> like <throat> he's going to be all right. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, a solid week here for Shingo. Um, and, you know, he's going he to be fighting really hard in the last two nights. So, he has on the show uh Wednesday morning as you're probably listening to this he has Great Ocon and then on night 17 on Monday October 18th he has uh he has Yujiro Takahashi Yujiro
1: yeah so i mean i does yujiro sandwich his G1 with upsets of uh, uh Ibushi and and Shingo probably not right so that, I, ha- I, that...
2: I have a hard time that's but a draw, lot. Yeah, you Yudro pinning the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. May, if Shingo was never champ or Shingo was not a champion, sure, I could see him, you know, low blow, big juice, pulling off a sneaky win, but Shingo's a champ, man. I, yeah, I, I, He can't eat a loss, so you drew
1: So, great Okan, right? I mean, like, I guess uh, you could get Shingo out of here with t- tiebreakers, and I don't know how deep we want to go in with that, but you've got to figure he's he's got to drop one of these and i I guess maybe maybe okan maybe that's okan's signature win of the tournament because okan's wins have not been um i mean he beat tangaloa torriano and yudro so like he needs that big win and maybe that's coming up in a couple hours here
2: yeah, and they've been giving him a lot of main events on this tour as well. So you can kind of see they're kind of grooming him to be a, a top guy, a main eventer. So yeah, a big win over Shingo. And it's spoiling Shingo and really stopping Shingo, making Shingo have to work really hard to tie in the final night there. So I could see him beating Shingo, getting himself up to 10 points, which is a reasonably good for somebody in their first G1 towards the top of the block here. And then Shingo would have one more match to to get to 12 and potentially, you know, tie if he ties with Ibushi. I mean Ibushi has a tiebreaker over him.
1: Right. So Shingo's gonna be in the mix going into that last night. Uh, he, I don't he's not gonna be um oh, the only people that can be eliminated on the Wednesday morning show are Ishii and Yano. Um, everybody else at the top of the block, so Ibushi, Shingo, Zach. Kenta, they're all going to be alive Going into the the final night So the um, The chances that Shingo Loses this match to Great O'Connor Are probably pretty high, like this is the match To lose then at this point Otherwise I think what you gotta keep an eye out For, if Shingo wins I think you're looking at, you gotta just You know, we start to dig into tiebreakers Because I don't think Shingo's winning the block Um, That's just My gut yeah, um, like if Shingo wins and Ibushi would have to get the
2: fourteen as well, and then they do the tiebreaker and Abushi yeah. goes in,
1: right? Exactly, or Zach, yeah, or Zach. So, or they do a three way, and that I figured that out the other. I don't remember how that plays. Out. I don't. I we can't yeah, go that I, far I, I, into I, it right I, now. Yeah,
2: I feel like for G one they tried to make it as less complicated as possible. If it's like only
1: s- yeah, so the the, the only three way that would that would work really, I think is. Zach, Shingo, Ibushi all at 14 because then Zach goes through based on uh, having beaten them both. Yeah. That's a really clean three-way tie. Like you're not going to get a one-to-one three, unbreakable three-way tie like right. that it's not gonna be super
2: junior tag league and you have to do a, yeah. a triple threat final
1: <laughs> this is not dragon gate so we're not gonna have a rumble. round robin <laughs> yeah like a rumble at the beginning of what of the night so that someone can go in for the shoot i mean i hope not right like not yeah. that i don't like that there but um i like that i would i would like that to stay there So I think, but yeah, I think if they all land at 14, Shingo, Ibushi, and Zach, then Zach just goes through on a a pretty clean three-way tie. Um, If that gets all messed up, I think if Kenta gets involved, because then it's a one-to-one. Um, it's a one-to-one-to-one-to-one-to-one-to-one. To one-to-one to one-to-one. Like, everyone's one-and-one one against each other, and then yeah. that's that's too messy. And they they just don't do that. They don't do too messy. They'll, they'll do the three-way when it's pretty clear who's right. beating who. And they made a big, big deal out of who Zach beat at the beginning of the tournament, so I don't think it would be... I don't think that's out of the question.
2: Right. I mean, you definitely want a few options going into the last few nights to make it exciting. But, yeah, they'll definitely do something where it's a clean winner comes out and... Yeah, it should be very interesting to keep our eyes on. And so the, another guy at 10 points that we've been talking about is Kenta, also with five wins and two losses. On night 11, he had a non-tournament match against Hiromu Takahashi. He defeated him 19 minutes and one second. And then on night 13, he was back in tournament action, and he defeated Zack Sabre Jr., big win there. Uh, the tie with Sabre at 10 points. That match was
1: 22-24. Yeah, Kenta... Uh... He's had a fine tournament. I think t- Kenta. has been the least. I don't know. I mean, I I I want vintage Kenta. You kind of got it with the Zach match. Like that was much more yes. that than yes. than than the rest of the tournament. So if you want, if you need that itch scratched for for vintage Kenta, Noah Kenta, as Zach said it, I think. <laughs> um, that's a good. That's a good match to tune into. Like that's a great. Those two. They have great matches. Like, yeah. they're they're so good together. Yeah, I Again. Think
2: easily. easily uh, this was Kenta's best match of the tournament. And, like, you know, Kenta, he has had to do a lot of, like, smoke and mirrors, a lot of, like, turnbuckle spots and a lot, a lot of shenanigans because obviously his body's broken down. But the one thing he can do really well still is deliver some vicious strikes. And he was just slapping the crap out of Sabre in that match and hitting him hard. It was, like, one spot where... You know, he slapped him so hard, the ref was checking to see if Sabre got knocked out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this show in... Uh, I was out of town this weekend, so I was in a hotel in Door County, which is like a touristy area of Wisconsin, for my brother-in-law's wedding. And I woke up a little early, flipped on the show or whatever, um, and I, like woke my wife up laughing at that spot (laughs) because i was just like you know like i just like it was it's not funny but you're just kind of like shocked right like you're like oh my
2: god an incredible job of selling when he he gets hit with a big strike so just his selling and the way he fell and then the referee checking on it was
1: like kind of funny to see and like bratty jerky kenta kenta is i mean that's a great character right so like Mm. this dude i don't know if he picked it up in wwe or if he got better at it or he just came back with a chip on his shoulder but like the character work from kenta i mean it's so good in the ring out of the ring etc i mean like anywhere you look he's he's got that down um and then you put him in the ring with zach who's really kind of at the top of his game right now too that was is a great match. That was a great show. Yeah. Um. Ov- overall, I'm glad I kind of, you know, accidentally woke up early to watch <laughs> most of it pretty much live. But, um, and I, the Hiromu match was good too. Um, Hiromu yeah, kind of a dream match in a way. You know, you have yeah. this, like the Ace
2: Junior uh, from Noah facing off against the current Ace Junior of New Japan.
1: Yeah, and you know, love to see Hiromu mix it up with the heavyweights. Um. Gotta wonder if that's the direction we're really heading, right? I think they talk everyone talks about it a lot, whether he can get, you know, establish himself in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a that was a that was fun too. Um, so yeah, I think Kenta have kind of having a low-key good tournament. I know that they're doing a lot of this turnbuckle spot, and I think they're trying to establish it, which makes me think maybe he's headed to the final. Um, Kenta in the final wouldn't bother me. I, I don't know that that's the most exciting match for, uh, you know, Okada, whom I believe is going to end up taking the B block, but um, I think it would be, I think it could be good. There's no, I have no issue with it. I just don't know that he's as believable as a couple of these other guys to to get in there and mix it up.
2: Yeah, so he has Tangaloa on Night 15, the Wednesday show that's airing now. As so You guys are probably listening to this. And then he has, on night 17, on Monday, October 18th, he has got Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think he can beat Tangaloa, which would bring him to 12. So then you would have both abushi and Kenta at 12, facing off on, on night 17.
1: And Kenta's got tiebreaker on Zach, if it ends up being a two-way tie. Um And then if he beat Ibushi, obviously he would have tiebreaker on Ibushi too. So he's got some valuable tiebreaker chips to to cash in if he needs to yeah
2: and I think we probably could see the turnbuckle spot be a key in the Ibushi match and maybe he hits it and maybe Ibushi kicks out and that's like the right. big like it works for you know against uh, Zach and some other guys but Abushi found a way to kick out and, and fight
1: through yeah yeah that would be that's the spot right that's why you <laughs> establish those spots yep
2: and then the next guy, Zach Sabre Jr., that we we're talking about, also 10 points, five wins, to two losses. On night 11, he defeated Yujiro Takahashi, 14 minutes, 15 seconds. And then, like we mentioned, on night 13, he was defeated by Kenta, 22
1: 24. Yeah, so Zach's kind of cooled off after his, you know, four great wins at the beginning of the tournament, but, you know, still no no real slouch here. Um, I think Zach is still kind of one of the, the cool stories in the tournament. Uh, there's a huge part of me that wants that to carry through And at least see Zach go through to a final But, you know, having Tangaloa on the last night And then after watching Tama Tonga um, and tai Chi Just the other night I think what we're going to end up seeing is Tangaloa um, Establishing some movement for the tag titles Potentially with a victory um, you know, I, I, you got to figure that that's, that may be in the mix because Zach is still holding an IWGP heavyweight tag team championship. So, um, maybe a shame, um, because I really, really enjoyed his, you know, the beginning of his, his run here, but, um, you know, that they use the G one to establish where we're headed for other titles too. And maybe that's, uh, that may be something that's on the horizon, it doesn't have to be though. I don't think. I think they they could establish that in a in a different way and still send Zach through, um, which I think would be preferable to me. If I'm booking it right now based on the hot hand, I send Zach into the the final.
2: Right, especially if he's going to lose anyway, because the, the winner's probably coming out the B block. So you, you could have him go through. He loses. I mean, Tamatong got the win over Tai Chi. You could just right. still claim for a tactile match. And I mean, there, that's probably not going to happen immediately anyway. World Tag League's right around the corner, so. If G.O.D. is going to get a title shot, they'll probably earn it in the World Tag League. So I don't think you would have to, unless you're going to do a tag match at Power Struggle or Battle in the Valley or sometime in the fall before Tag League, I don't see a reason why they would really need Tangaloa to, to beat Zach when Tamatanga already beat Taiji.
1: I think if you're going to be on Battle in the Valley, I think they still, that basically excludes them from Tag League, though. That's true, so. yeah maybe you're maybe you're looking at power struggle which is just the week before that um you know a, a tag match at power struggle was not would not be surprising at all so right yeah um yeah i don't know I, it's without the schedule being um kind of classic right summer g1 and then you you got whatever as you go but um everything's kind of compressed here at the end as they try to set everything up and put the pieces in the right place as you head towards you know three nights of wrestle kingdom um you know i think maybe they're gonna quote unquote hot shot uh, <laughs> tag team title. it's not a hot shot it's just a yeah. quickly run match um at power struggle so and yeah. that wouldn't shock me at all
2: Yeah, Uh, we'll see. He's got Yano on night 15, which could be a winnable match that could bring him to 12. And then, yeah, you mentioned he's got Tangaloa on uh, night 17. So I I think I could see him getting into 12 on that final night. And then, I mean, I could see Tangaloa being a spoiler and stopping him, you know, especially if Ibushi is going through and you have Ibushi and Kenta, if they're both at 12 and that's the final match. Um, I, I, I'm I'm leaning towards Tangaloa. I, I don't want it to happen, but I, I think, like you mentioned, they're probably going to want to drive home that tag title thing, and is probably going to beat Zach here.
1: Right, and if Zach's going to go through, based on winning against Tangaloa, um, at 14, right? A tie at 14, basically, mo- in most scenarios, Zach goes through. I, You're not headlining the match at Yokohama Budokan you're not headlining that Card with Zack Sabre Jr. Versus Tangaloa right like that Doesn't but I mean I'd be really surprised
2: (laughs) They could still do a Bushi Kenta So if Zack's at at 14 they can do the Tangaloa match In the mid card Zack wins he gets to 14 And then essentially If it'd be down to Kenta If Kenta wins and he goes through If a Bushi wins
1: Zack goes through True True, but they usually there's uh in the past, what is that? Well, three of the last forty-four wrestlers <laughs> that have wrestled on the last night of their block. Um God, what's the stat? It's not from me. It's not it's not one of mine. But Jay Michael over at um Voices of Wrestling, he's done a bunch of like final night like stats. And he said, What did he say? It's great. Great audio, scrolling <laughs> back. Ah, I've gone through the last 11 years. Only three out of 44 block main event final match guys have ever been eliminated going into that night. Mm. So, yeah, three out of 44. Tangaloa would make four out of uh, 48. <laughs> and I don't think he's the guy. Like Ishii last year, he wasn't... Um, he was in the last match, but he... he was playing spoiler, right? right and yeah. every, and really, I mean, like the surprise there was everyone thought Jay White was just going to win and go through.
2: Right. I mean, um, and Ishii's a guy you can put in a main event and have a right. quality matchup. I mean, Tangaloa has been really good in this tournament, but yeah, I would not put him in, in this big spot in, in the main event. So,
1: yeah. So, you know, as we go through talking about the block and all that, I think it, all signs are pointing towards Zach getting bounced somewhere. Whether it's y- I mean, it could be Yano too. To be honest, I mean, like Yano's the uh, the great equalizer, right? Right. Yeah. So he's the great points points <laughs> equalizer. Anyone can lose to Yano, and it it can matter as little or as as much as uh, anyone wants it to. So, um, but yeah, the likely scenario is probably that Tangaloa somehow sneaks a victory out of Zach, and Zach's like, damn, you know, and and really it kind of removes him from contention in in what was probably the semi main that night, I guess. Yeah. Which no. sucks, because he, <laughs> he had such a good beginning of the tournament. Yeah, hot start, um, really, you know, some
2: really great matches, you know, beating Shingo, beating Abushin, just, you know, just being on this roll. and so, I mean, regardless, he's going to get a towel shot probably out of it anyway, um, against Shingo at some point, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, he can come on down to San Jose, let's go,
2: let's get Shingo and Zach going. But then he wouldn't be in tag league, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's how the well, world works right now.
2: Well, they're doing separate nights. They're alternating nights. So Best of Super Jr. would be the first night. Would he have time to get back for the tag league opening night?
1: I don't know. It's ten you know, it's ten days now, I think. The mm. quarantine. Um when is tag league? When does that when is the first night of tag league? Let's find out. NJPW1972.com. Let's see. First night of tag league is i believe it's cork in november 14th which is literally like six hours after battle in the valley <laughs> so no chance <laughs> so no that's not gonna work and zach lives in japan like there's no reason for him to come to the u.s besides um you know a, probably a good payday or a good a good opportunity so
2: yeah um and yeah. yeah and now i'm thinking and, like what they're what are they gonna do are they gonna do zach and shingo at power struggle or are they gonna do Techers versus GOD, because then you save yeah. the Zach match for one of the Tokyo Dome shows,
1: maybe. Maybe. I mean, that's big. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's not, there's no time between this Tag League Best of Super Juniors tour and, and I guess what'll end up being road to Tokyo Dome, right? Right. The Best of Super Juniors Tag League tour ends December 15th. So you got two weeks. Like you're not doing something in between there. Um, i guess maybe you could do a tag defense at road to tokyo dome but you're probably not even doing that those are all just you know setup tags so um i exactly like this is exactly the problem right there's so much to squeeze in especially when you add in a 22 night tournament tour (laughs) oh
2: man don't remind me
1: (laughs) 22 night tournament tour oh man you know at least it's not 22 nights of world tag league yeah um, <laughs> because that's a stretch 22 24 whatever it is uh, it's a lot um at least you got best of super juniors where you're gonna get some gems out of that but man i mean when you add that in there's not there's no time right you don't have the destruction tour you don't have um king of pro wrestling right like i the one thing i want out of 2022 new japan and i'm kind of on a sidebar tangent here get the damn calendar back to where it <laughs> normally is, right? I need my summer G1 because waking up at 4.30 is a lot easier in July than it is in October, okay? Because the sun is coming up. <laughs> like, I'm... I'm, And I'm an up-with-the-sun kind of guy. I, you know, I'm up a bit early. But, man, I for classic best of super juniors timings of may and june and then summer g1 like i can get up for those shows no problem <laughs> yeah like no problem at all I
2: definitely need uh the, that may best of super juniors back uh, uh
1: put it in my veins
2: <laughs> yeah man we, we need to get the schedule definitely back to the works because now i know where you know when everything's coming up now it's like who knows what's coming what russell grand slam uh summer yeah. summer struggle for you know
1: 30 (laughs) god! summer struggle night 28 like (laughs) get the schedule back give me king of pro wrestling as a as the anchor in the fall give me the destruction tour for kind of the side all the you know side stuff power struggles then really a bigger show because it's you know one of the it's the anchor of of november right like i i need it all i need that reset year the 50th anniversary new japan like make make it all make it all right again (laughs) make everything right again everything like and honestly it could still be clap crowds and pandemic era stuff but if it's all happening at the right time i'm gonna feel so much better about it (laughs) like it's gonna like all will be right with my like body clock and, the, the you know, I need it. I need summer G1 back in my life more than anything, summer G1. And and I thought I was going to love fall G1. I hate fall G1. <laughs> yeah.
2: The, the only thing I really, I like about it is just the fact that it cuts down on like briefcase defenses and you kind of, yeah. you kind of hotshot more into wrestle kingdom, but yeah, it's a timing thing. Just like the falls, a, it's a busy time, especially if you're a, Other sports fan and football is going on. Other stuff is going on. Um, You know, the holidays are getting ready to roll in. You're preparing for that. There's a lot going on in the fall, and so this makes it hard to keep up with.
1: Yeah, and I think it would be different if they started it September 1st and went through, you know, September 30th or whatever it may be, right? Like that even is almost summer. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, but there's something about July, August, G1, Right. Like it feels better. And I don't are they gonna bounce right back to best of super juniors in May? Like, um, if they try to get back on the schedule, like I think I think that's what they should do,
3: right? I think that's what they should
1: do and go back to a two block format. Of course, uh, yeah. I mean, two blocks, two blocks. I mean, two blocks with a final is always better than one block with or without a final. Um, you know, I think this year it looks like it's gonna be a twelve person. Tour single block, tournament yeah. single block 12 person tournament like i don't know i think i would even prefer if that was two six two sixes right yeah because then at least the final you didn't just see it exactly. uh, and you have a final yeah so um but you know I, they're trying to give the fans their 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 best shot out there and and i i get that but um you know i don't know I need I need I need some normalcy in my life, and I need <laughs> yeah. New Japan to be the ones that bring it.
2: Yeah, we're creatures of habit. We we need you know we're used to watching our our Super Juniors in the spring, our G1 in the in the summer. So,
1: a little bit of dominion in there, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, like it makes Wrestle Kingdom feel really big because you haven't had a huge event. You know, reason the G1 Final is a huge event, right? Yeah, for New Japan fans, and you kind of go straight from the G1 Final to a pretty short break and the next big event is wrestle kingdom i mean like that's the that's the biggest of the big so the there's a reason the schedule is what it is and ha- and has always been the way it was and like it's been successful for them i know they're going to go back to it like the, i'm preaching to the choir i think <laughs> yeah i really just wanted to say all this out loud so that i can <laughs> you know i can victory lap when they announce the calendar at you know one of the <laughs> the circuit shows so but yeah, I mean that's because you know we're sitting here trying to book two or three uh, post G one title defenses, and Shingo's maybe going to get one. And like, how do you? Who do you put at power struggle? I my bet would be Gabushi. My bet would be Zach gets gets passed over now. Yeah, because of the timing. And so my bet is they if Gabushi doesn't win the dang G one. Now that's the other option. Gabushi wins the G one, and then he doesn't need to take a you know an intermediate title shot. So. Um, but my bet would be Ibushi's at Power Struggle, and um, Zach never sees, never sniffs it, unless he's the guy that challenges after, um, after Wrestle Kingdom, which could be a cool spot too. Yeah, we've gone
2: way into <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Let's uh, get back to this A Block here. We got some guys who are at eight points. versus is Stone not Pitbull, Tomohiro Ishii. He's at four wins and three losses on night eleven. He defeated the Great Okan. 26 minutes, 26 seconds. And then on night 14, he had a non-tournament match. He defeated the Taking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi, 18 minutes and 13 seconds.
1: Yeah. And he's going to kind of taper off into the distance here as he faces Yujiro and Toriano on the last two nights. So good tournament. Uh, You know, you're not going to get any more like Ishii level matches. I don't think from, um, you know, the Yujiro and Yano matches. So, you can kind of start to think about what you think of Ishi's tournament as a whole and i think that um he's had a he's had a good tournament i mean like he came out cold and then he won a bunch in a row which is like the classic ishi booking yeah um one way or the other he he's streaky his g1s are streaky if you highlight all the ishi matches as you look through a list of the 15 or 1600 you know g1 matches you see a bunch of wins in a row and a bunch of losses in a row almost almost every time so um and that's but that's how that's how he is that's how the ishii runs go um you know i think the great okan match was great the zach match was great um i think the abushi match was good for establishing you know sloppy abushi being able to win <laughs> yeah um and obviously the Shingo match was great so a lot of great output from ishii you know he's gonna get eliminated here somehow probably um I would be shocked if he's the guy who goes through. Um, but again, he's, listen, if that's how they want to play it, he he could beat Yujiro and Yano, but I don't know how everyone else lands at 12. Um, and I don't know how the the tiebreakers land. So, um, but he's still in it. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed, I mean, who doesn't enjoy an Ishii match, right? Like, right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, yeah. what, what's not to like? Yeah, I really loved the main event
2: with Great O'Con on night 11. I think that really helped establish O'Con and, you know, it was a very hard hitting back and forth match. I thought, you know, O'Con really uh, you know, acclimated to that that main event style, and that Ishii style while mixing in his little flair as well. So I thought that was really good. And then the the Hiromu match, I mean, this was a, you know, take 2 of their New Japan Cup match from uh last year. This was awesome match. I I was really high. I went four and a half on this. It was just I thought it was awesome. These guys were it was paced like a super junior match, but it had the brutality of a never title match. Um, you had Ishii throwing the chops to the throat of Hiromu Um Hiromu doing the Death Valley driver on the apron to Ishii. Where it looked like Ishii just died. Like, like I feel like he was regretting that afterwards. Like why did I agree to take that spot? Um just so many great, you know, big back and forth maneuvers there until um, eventually uh Ishi's able to hit the, the vertical drop brain buster on Hiromu.
1: Yeah, hey, I'll take Hiromu and Ishii in a never title match at the dump.
2: Yeah, Dude, let's, that, let's do that. Let's yeah, let's do it. We have to get the belt off of Jay first, but
1: um, Well, uh they set up I think they set up Ishii J for yeah. you know, and I think what you know, what are we doing? What are we doing, <laughs> Jay? Like, what are you doing? Are you coming back or not? If you're coming back, cool. Um, but I think I know, man, he's
2: on his uh, U.S. of J tour, so I don't, I don't know what's going on.
1: How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, listen, I'm a, I'm a Jay White believer, but you got to work where the work is, and uh, he's not. He ain't. He ain't here. Yeah, he's gone. And I get it. I understand. There's a lot that goes into that, right? But Um, you know, they took the U.S. title and put it on Tanahashi to get it back, and I think, uh... I think Ishii should battle for the honor of the, the Never open way Championship, and maybe that happens in San Jose. I mean, they, it, that seems to be what they had set right. up. Right,
2: I mean, Ishii is advertised for the show. They did have, he challenged him at Resurgence, and then there was the angle on Strong as well. So I think it's pretty clear we're going to get Ishii J. White at Battle in the Valley. and So yeah, it'd be great for Ishii to get the win there, bring the Never Title back, and yeah, let's, let's do it, Ishii Hiromu.
1: And I think that that brings the Never Title back to where it, has always lived, right? Like, if that's if that's the case, if that's where we're headed with with Ishii, um, and then that might leave the U.S. title as that second belt, that IC
2: kind of role, yeah. yeah.
1: That like, you know, hey, maybe I don't know. It's hard to replace the IC. Uh, <laughs> my heart, my heart still <laughs> hurts
2: for it. Uh, we had a question here from Reddit user raising Falcon. This is I know it's G one season and the focus is on the heavyweights, like most of the year. But Hiromu is a top junior, losing the heavyweight mid-carters. Eagles is a questionable champion to start with and still losing big matches. The juniors have always lost heavyweights, with Robbie Eagles and Hiromu dropping losses versus Jay White. And in the G1, do you think the juniors are second-class citizens in NJPW?
1: Oh, that's. I think there's always like one junior that could believably beat the heavyweight in, in New Japan. And that right now, that's Hiromu um you did have a you know a situation where like taiji ishimori beat goto earlier in the year too um and we've seen bushi pull upset wins over fall a and zach sabre jr and zach, right? yeah yeah so it it happens um but the heavyweights are the the class i mean that's the world class of that's the grade one right i mean the heavyweights are the grade one of new japan and that's how it's gonna that's how it's gonna be um yeah, if you, you think know. about
2: it, you know, also New Japan's more of a sports-based product. If you think about it, if you put a heavyweight boxer up, up against a light heavyweight boxer, I'm sure light heavyweight will take it in there, but the favor is probably in the heavyweight boxer or, you know, UFC. You know, if, you know, John Jones is facing, you know, I don't know, somebody smaller. Like, like it's, it's probably heavyweight, the heavyweight, the bigger guy is
1: probably going to win it's going to be the favorite yeah so and every now and then you get a situation like Hiromu beating ishii or um you have osprey and shingo in the G1. well right so like osprey and shingo were that was those guys really had they shined in that best obviously they shined through that best of the super juniors tournament but they were both on their way to i mean Shingo was never really a believable junior. <laughs> right. Like, come on. <laughs> um, but hell, I I'll take that best of Super Junior run that he had over almost anything anyone's done in in New Japan in a very long time. So, and Osprey was working his way past it too. So, and at least into the Never Space. So, you know, and that that's what the Never Space is for, though. I think I think that that Never Open Weight Championship, like, if that becomes the the it, it already is. It's kind of the, the movement championship where, you know, if, if you see Hiromu win the Never Openweight Championship, he's going to be a heavyweight soon. Right. Like, that's part – Ibushi did it. Uh, Osprey did it. You know, I think the likely candidate to be the next person to go through that path is, is Hiromu. Um, but then who's your junior ace, right? Yeah, so, I
2: think that's the main thing that is hampering – going further it's like we we need a junior ace right now and so he has to be there because if he's gone then who's there i mean it's not gonna be (laughs) bushy
1: right i mean and maybe it's narita right Mm. for a time right and then he goes through that you know growth to never and and because they like him and he's got this shibata thing going and i you know i don't know where his weight stands right now and he's gonna be a heavyweight but he could come back as a as a junior, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think based on how he looks right now, I would think he's still a junior. Um, yeah, I mean he's very lean, but he's he has packed on a lot of muscle since of being at the LA Dojo. So, like you said, I could see him, yeah, starting junior and then continuing to put on muscle and go heavy.
1: Right, and that I'm I'm into establishing a guy in the junior division too. Like that's yeah. cool, right? And then yeah. you know you take a year or two and then and and build up. So yeah, and then Robbie Eagles losing to Jay White, like I don't, you know. I think they ran that match because it's a cool match, but some of this stuff I'm like, why, why are we putting these people in this situation too? Right. Like, I guess that's a marquee match and it probably sold some tickets, but like Jay White's kind of on the like Indie Darling tour, right. Where he's facing all these, you know, Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia and all that stuff. And yeah. For, yeah. So, you know, why bring in Robbie Eagles and have him do that? Why wouldn't he just wrestle and beat, a junior in America. Why, why
2: didn't they do a junior title defense? I mean, a yeah, t- ton of juniors on strong. I mean, they could have done. You know, Rock, yeah. Rocky's been wanting to shot They could have done Rocky versus Eagles. They could have done Leo Rush versus Eagles. Um, there's a plethora
1: of yeah. juniors probably, that they have. Probably saving those for May. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, I mean, that'd be like listen, best of super juniors if they can get some guys in. That's gonna be a great tournament May. Late, yeah. like they they have access to so much talent. Um, God, we've been waiting for two years for them to be able to use it though yeah
2: uh so let's move on now to toroyano also with eight points four wins and three losses on night 11 like we mentioned he lost to shingo eight minutes and 17 seconds and then on night 13 he defeated yujiro takahashi 10 minutes and 23 seconds uh chris i i've had very little patience for the Toriano shenanigans this year. I don't know what it is. Usually it's just fine to me, but this year it just seems extra egregious and I'm just kind of over it, especially in this u match where, you know, he's getting taped up under the ring and it's a count out and all kind of craziness. I'm just, I'm, I'm over
1: it. Well, Jeremy, you never believe it. I can quantify it for you. <laughs> You're getting an extra three minutes and 21 seconds of Toriano matches mm. just over last year. Oh, wow. And... And last year was his longest tournament in years at 6.01 mm. uh, on average for each match. We're getting we're getting an average of nine minute and 21 second Toriano matches this year. Uh, the year prior, he was in the fours. And the last couple of years before that, his averages were four minutes or so, um, a little over four. So we're essentially getting from what you're truly used to, right? I mean, maybe even last year was a step up. It was a third longer. Now we're getting another half on top of that um so and i think some of that's probably that they're filling time with the naito injury and and one less tournament match and obviously naito runs long matches but nine minutes i mean he's got two matches under 10 uh in this year's tournament last year on in total there were 13 matches for the whole tournament under 10 minutes he's got the only two under 10 so i mean average Yano match of 921 in a G1. It's too freaking long. Like it's too much. Like you you can only, that shouldn't, shenan- like the Ibushi match, the four and a half minute Ibushi oh, match. Perfect. Perfect. Get Yano in, get match. out,
2: eat a Kamigoye. Beautiful.
1: Goof around for a second. You know, whoever's going to win says I'm, I'm not messing around, you know, knock him out, call it a day, right? That That's the best Yano match I've seen in, in two years now because, they're stretching out these G1 matches and no one wants to see it. Like, yeah. I think the Yano thing has kind of run its course because none of these opponents are fresh, right? Like, the last fun I had with Yano was g 129 when you had a bunch of new guys facing Moxley off against Yano and, Yano and Moxley, and yeah. it's funny, and, like, you know, you finally, you, like, all that matters. Stale Yano matches are not fun. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not a bushi naito right like this right, is no. toriano doing the same <laughs> stuff with you know whoever i'm glad they pulled the trigger on a count out finally like on one of these matches and they usually do i guess in the g1 but um when Yudro got counted out i was like okay well that's the positive is that they finally like just <laughs> let someone die on the outside of the ring like yeah. and and got to the 20 count but man um i don't know i'm with you i think i, I think a lot of people are though
2: yeah and he has uh, Zach saber Night 15, and then he has on night 17, he has Tomoyoro or Ishii. Um, so, I mean, those are kind of losable matches for him. He could easily lose both of those matches, or he could easily be a spoiler in both of those matches as well.
1: Yeah, and the thing about it is, like, I, Yano and Zach had this weird KOPW run last spring, last summer, really. Um, the no-corner-pads match and all that. And, like, I wanted to enjoy that because I thought Zach, Zach was... Kind of creative with it, and he he went with it, right? Right. But I, you know, and and I guess if this match were a little earlier in the tournament, and I was a little less bogged down by ten plus minute Yano matches, I'd be like, yeah, that this will be a fun one. I'm down. I'm I'm out. Like I'm just kind (laughs) of tired of it. And like the thing that sucks is I believe Yano could beat Zach and and kind of ruin the tournament. And now I'm now he's got the wrong heat with me. Yeah, I have a
2: feeling he's beating Zach. I could see him losing to Ishii, so Ishii can get his point totals up uh, to 10. So, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Moving on.
2: (laughs) So, uh, last guy at eight points, the great Okan, four and four. He is mathematically eliminated because he had Naito on the last night, so... No shot of him getting in contention to winning the block here. Still thought he had a really good tournament on night 11. Like we mentioned, he was defeated by Ishii 26-26. And then on night 13, he was defeated by Kota Abushi 2022.
1: So the Abushi okan match is my favorite match of this year. She won so far. I, wow. I thought... I love that match. I thought it was, I thought the beginning was fun. I think the, you know, the worked MMA style and then the, eventually getting into the striking and then, um, Ocon, you know, the post-match with Ocon, the bloody nose really recognizing that, you know, the G one is hard, right? Like that's kind of what seemed to kind of come to fruition there. That was, I thought it was an awesome match. I think it told both guys story, um as well as you could like it was a great establishing match as you go through um kind of the the last third of this tournament right so that it's my favorite match of the tournament it probably you know there's there's some other stuff that could pop up and and maybe become that but i loved i loved everything about that match i thought it was it was really really great um you know Great O'Connor kind of an accidental main eventer as we go you know right they they didn't reshuffle the cards um, When they had to remove the Naito matches They just removed the Naito matches They didn't put something else in the main event Spot because you had Ibushi Okan all of a sudden as a main Event or Ishii Okan As a main event that was a main event for that night right Yeah Yeah. So and then now you've got You know coming up here tomorrow Or as people are listening To this or you know whatever You've got Okan and Shingo as a main event Too which wouldn't have been because it would have been abushi Naito so, um, you know, accidental main eventer Great O'Con has been pretty good, um, way better than anyone thought he was going to be. And I think, you know, we're starting to hear a lot of people turn the corner on Great O'Con and say, like, he's a really good wrestler. I just don't like the gimmick or, you know, he's good in these main event spots, like because he has been. I mean, he right. was great. In the Ibushi match, he was good in the Ishii. Like, the Ishii match was really good. And I'm really looking forward to this Shingo match. Um, win or lose, right? And honestly, like, it look- if you look at the calendar, maybe the Naito match was going to be his signature win of the G1. Yeah, um, continue, continue that feud, yeah. Right, and that was going to be the last night, and that would have been really good. Knock out Naito, and then you've got a feud going forward, and, you know, you can roll through, you know, Okan versus the LIJ guys, too. Um, but maybe that's going to come with a win over Shingo now Um, just based on how the points are all working out.
2: Yeah. And I thought uh, Joe Lanza made a great point about the great Ocon on one of his uh, daily G1 reviews and just talked about, you know, great Ocon. He's not your traditional new Japan main event guy. He doesn't follow that same kind of formula that people are used to. I think that's what's kind of throwing people off. You know, his matches are just so different. He's a different guy and just, some of the stuff he does, you know, with the, the screaming Mongolian chop, some of the grappling he does, uh, that, that cheap killer submission that he's doing now, the, the, the claw, the eliminator, the claw slam. I mean, he's just, so, just such a different guy, that, that typical kind of guy that you have in New Japan. But I think he's, he has an interesting style. it's unique. it's very interesting. He's gotten the claw over. In that Abushi that match that you mentioned, you know, Ibushi went for the Kamagoya, He blocked it with the claw, and the crowd gasped. That's how over the claw is. Like, the crowd was like, oh, wow. He, he grabbed the knee with the claw. Um, so I think Great Khan's doing a great job of, of getting over and kind of, you know, establishing his own style. And I did like that Ibushi match as well. I went four and a quarter on it. And, again, we talked about it earlier, that that kind of MMA kind of influence style, that hard-hitting, a lot of grappling, a lot of submissions. Um, and the first 10 minutes were like, all just, like, grappling and um, fighting for control, which was just awesome. And then some great strike exchanges and um, I'll see got the better of, of greater that night, but you know, two back-to-back main events this past week he has a shingle match coming up that that should be a lot of fun there. And that, that could be like you mentioned the, the big signature win for him here. And who knows? I mean, he probably won't get a towel shot just because we already have kind of filling up the backlog now, but if he can beat Shingo, that's still a, a big thing for him, probably gives him some momentum going into world tag league. And then who knows? Um, after Wrestle Kingdom, he could possibly be in line for a, you know, late winter, early spring title shot.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's cool to see a guy like o'connor in the mix. I think they've kind of slotted him in that never space, right? Because yeah. he did have the never title spot. I think we're going to see, if we're talking about United Empire, right? Will's going to be the top guy. Um, I think o'connor is slotted in the never space. And then um, I think you're going to see Cobb in the U.S. title space after the Tanahashi match and establishing him as a dominant guy, unless he wins the G1, which right, listen,
2: <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> that's fine.
1: Um, that's okay. with That would be totally okay with me. That would really establish him, but I don't think, I don't think Cobb wins the G1 before Will, but um, Okan, that's a great space for him after yeah. seeing some of these matches. Right. And, and the shingle match might highlight that even more. And
2: especially when you get Aussie opening, because they can kind of yeah. fill in that tag team role that Khan and Okab are filling in right now. And then you have TJP, who will slide into the junior role. So they can't all be winners, Jeremy. <laughs> you know, Empire just filling up all those so, slots mm-hmm. there. And so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to get Okan in that never division. You know, having him battle with Ishii Goto. Having these kind of hard hitting, you know, matchups, I think will be really good for him.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the kenta match for some reason i just can't like I man like because it wasn't I like... it wasn't that good that's why yeah okay it wasn't anything notable right, <laughs> right. yeah it's a lot of so, shenanigans
2: at the whole like you know you need to bow to me kind of thing oh
1: and, yeah, yeah 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 i remember okay yeah okay, kenta wore you. his uh, hat
2: to do the footstop yeah. kind of thing yeah
1: that should have been better it should have because yeah. <laughs> kenta's kind of in that space too yeah I, that, I blame it, that on that kenta space.
2: i feel like kenta was kind
1: of taking a night off and yeah. Hey, it's a, it's a long, grueling <laughs> tournament, Jeremy. And somehow you got to make it. You got to make it work for you. Yeah,
2: uh, we did have a question here from Rambo and Slam Pigs. Do you think this G one has helped to counter some of the great O'Con naysayers? His early going was kind of mid, but he's really delivered in back to back main events now. Or is it criticism more about the gimmick than his in ring performance?
1: Yeah, I kind of touched on that. I think. Um, I'm hearing more about like I don't like the gimmick than I don't like him as a wrestler now. Yeah. Um, whereas before it was um kind of both, I guess. Or you know, I I listen to a lot of um wrestling observer radio, right? And I think Dave has turned a corner and he just isn't isn't that into the gimmick, but he thinks he's a really good wrestler. I think Brian is still out. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of, you know, I mean, like. Sometimes the gimmick really knocks you out of someone. Like, it's going to be a hard time. That's going to be a hard haul for me to, like, get back into Master Watto. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and part of that's just, like, I like guys with just regular names. Right. Right? Not like, whole, so, yeah. like, Great Okan, like, I don't know. Would I think differently of him if he had the same look, same gimmick, same whole thing, but he was going by Tomoyuki Oka? Yeah, probably. I'd probably have a different different thought process than changing your name to something you know regal like great okan so it it all matters right it it, you put it all together but yeah i mean i don't think you i don't think you can deny at this point that he's a good wrestler he's a really good wrestler and he does bring something unique to the table
2: right i think what we're seeing now is you have either people who are not watching the product and they're just following through gifts and reviews and so you might see a great O'Conn gift that you're not a fan of, or you hear a great O'Conn beat Ishii, or I mean he lost Ishii, but if great O'Conn is you know he's you know doing good in a tournament or whatever it is, and you're just like, ah, eh, I'm, I'm not into great O'Conn, but you're not watching him have these good matches, these good main events, or you're kind of in that Dave Meltzer camp where you're watching the matches and you're kind of slowly going kind to of be like, oh yeah, it's a gimmick that I don't like, but he's he's a good wrestler. Uh, I think that's what we're seeing here, and I'm in the camp that. I don't mind the gimmick and he's he's a really good wrestler. So
1: <laughs> I pro wrestling needs gimmicks, right? Yeah. Like I I I do get that. Um but I can understand the perception. Um you know, and you can hear it in people's voices when they say like Great Ocon. Right. You know, they kind of like give it a, you know, a, a scoff. Um and I think but, you, I think you know,
2: too like especially since he hasn't really had it, like that signature "Quote unquote five star or whatever you want to call it match of the year contender." He hasn't really had that yet, and so I think people are very hard on him. And think about it, this is only his like first year, uh, completing his first year as a, a full time, you know, main roster guy coming back off excursion. Not every young line is Kazuchika Okada where they're pulling you know the rainmaker shock and winning the title right when they come back. Like some young lines, they they take a while to build up and get them where you want. But I think in this past year, he's done an excellent job, especially. Teaming with Ka, but even in the single spot, single spots he's had, he's done a great job. And these two main events this past week were excellent. Um, And and the Shingo match would be excellent as well. So,
1: yeah. And and it's, he's had a good trajectory too. I mean, I think a lot of people thought he was going to come in and beat Tanahashi, right, at Mm. Wrestle Kingdom. And I think a lot of people thought he was going to, but then, you know, he kind of bounced down and he had the, the, um, the feud with tenzan and and um you know while will feuded with kojima like that was a good establishing um feud and then he's moved on to i mean just dominating tag like there's a reason that um okan and cobb have been left out of like the tag team mix right because like Mm. those guys win everything like they beat everyone (laughs) um they have a million wins these guys they've been booked really strong just like not in a featured space and i think it's because they don't want that to be the um they don't want to be the tag team of the of the united empire um with good reason now that Aussie open is kind of like you know roped in so but man i was kind of looking forward to them just like Beating the hell out of everyone during World Tag League But I don't think um, Based on his other bookings I don't think Cobb's gonna be In Japan for World Tag League So mm. unfortunately I don't think we're gonna get Khan on the Cobb um, <laughs> for, for World Tag League That's a Joel uh, That's a Joel Abraham I can't take credit for that one Shout, shout out to Super J Cast. Yeah Khan on the Cobb Is uh, about as good as it gets <laughs>
2: Well let's move on here. We have some guys here at the bottom of the block. So uh two guys with four points here. First guy, Tangaloa. He's two and five. He's eliminated. No shot for Tangaloa here. Night eleven, like we mentioned, he lost to Ibushi. Night thirteen, he lost to Shingo Takagi.
1: Yeah, his um better than expected, but not blowing anyone away. G one is is has continued. Um, you know, Tangaloa he's good he's a good wrestler you yeah, know why yeah. not right like he could hang in a he could win a match or two of a new japan cup and be believable i think going forward and i think that um you know this has been a good it's been a really good tour for him to establish that he can that both of him him and his and, and tamatanga they can both be singles wrestlers again and give some effort um, yeah
2: work really hard like we mentioned earlier he's, he's doing poison rana he's doing standing, yeah. standing moon salts like he's doing all this stuff that he's never really does before, unleashing this kind of arsenal. And, you know, he did make a joke a couple years ago about about wanting to be a junior heavyweight, so kind of living living that dream out and doing something, you know, more high-flying here. Um, you know, when he's in there, guys like Ishii and Chingo, you know, he's having these hard-hitting, never-style matches, which I think suits a guy his size. And so, yeah, with some more effort. And, you know, he hasn't really gotten a lot of single stuff. I mean, he's mainly always been in G.O.D. tagging with Tama Tonga. So not a ton of singles experience, so he's getting that that experience here, doing good, and it it was a good guy to kind of fill in the spot while we can't bring anybody in.
1: Yeah. Thanks for coming.
2: (laughs) Uh, Then also at four points, his uh, Bullet Club Salem mate, the Tokyo pimp, Yujo Takahashi, also at four points, two wins, five losses. He's eliminated. Night 11, he lost to Zack Sabre Jr., uh, and then on 913, he lost to Toriano.
1: Yujiro does bring something very important to the table. And it's Peter.
2: Yes. in which we had a question here from <laughs> Dom Homie 101. He said, How would you guys rate the G1 performance of Peter? Mm-hmm. And does mm-hmm. Peter put the P in P1? In
1: P1. Well, I don't know what the P stands for, so I'm not going to answer that. This is a PG podcast. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Chris is
2: a, a happily married man. I'm I'm in a very <laughs> serious relationship. There's we don't need any of the shenanigans here.
1: Strong performances <laughs> from Peter though. I mean, great interpretive dance of what she believed each match was going to bring for you, I Her, um... her gear. Uh, I mean, I,
2: I don't know who's making the gear for her, but they're they're doing an excellent job. Uh One Nation Radio, I think you just to slot her in for your uh you know, best gear of the year award this
1: year. And the keychains that she's giving out, I hear are 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 um just great at holding your keys. Yes. Um, among other things. So yeah, hey, glad she's around. No one's turning her away. Um <laughs> so <laughs> i did love after this zack saber jr match um zack saber jr goes over and talks to kevin kelly right yes, and yes. Kevin, kevin kevin holds yes. the mic and he goes a pimp in this day and age uh, like unbelievable that and just was, like walks away i was dying that was great like, yes yeah he was just like like what a what a perfect <laughs> zack saber jr thing to like just dig in on like ah, uh, god line of line of the tournament maybe
2: yeah, that that was great. <laughs> so yeah, so Yujiro, let's see his last two. He has uh, so on night fifteen, he has Tomohiro Ishi, and then on night seventeen, he has Shingo. He's
1: gonna die. Yeah,
3: it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah. he is, I don't think we're gonna see the late tournament upset from Yujiro. Uh, he's just. He's gonna get demolished. Yeah, can't wait. Looking forward to it. And then at the very bottom of the block,
2: zero points, zero wins, nine losses. Tetsuya Naito out with the knee injury, forfeiting eight matches. Tragic.
1: Yeah, what a bummer. I mean, truthfully, it is. It's a bummer. We lost some good stuff in this tournament by, uh, by Naito not being around. But I think the chaos of the block going into these last two nights is because he's not here. Yeah. And it's great. I've already explained I am here for the chaos of this block because i am someone asked me like, what do you prefer? You prefer a bunch of guys in it and you've got to kind of weave your way through tiebreaker scenarios or whatever, or you do you prefer like be block this year where it's like maybe three guys in it, but hopefully it's just the two by the end of it. And I was like one of each, which is kind of how we do this. Yeah, Like one, one block's a mess, right? And one block's like these two guys are going to fight and they're going to win. Or who the winner is going to be the winner. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I love this. I love that I only have to weave through tiebreakers in one block um, <laughs> because I don't know that I, but I can take some time with a block, especially after tomorrow's show and look at all the different scenarios and put them out there, which I will, and they'll be out probably on voices of Like I will figure out every kind of version of what could happen on that last night. And, I, to do that for one block is really fun. To try to do it for two sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is it's fun. You gotta you got more than half the block still alive right now, and that's going into the last two nights. That's cool. And and most of these guys are believable block winners. So bring it. And and I don't know that this is what this block would have looked like if Naito wasn't injured. You know, right back to the Naito point. Right.
2: Some of these guys might have been in the mix, but definitely you would had a couple guys.
1: Probably yeah. not, not there. Who knows if Saber gets where he's at or if Kenta right. or Kenta. So, yeah, I think you, everyone's inflated technically two points except for Saber. And, you know, maybe not everyone because some of those guys, a couple of those guys were going to beat Naito, right? But right. Naito's probably finishing with 12, right? Minimum, yeah. I mean, you figure 12, 10, 10 minimum, but t- probably 12, which means he's got, there's really six wins that needed to get distributed. Yeah. right so and that that's part of how we got here so you know I never root for an injury hate to see the forfeit uh line get filled up um for the first time really since 2014 but um you know and, and again you hate to see it happen to a guy like naito but he's kind of the guy that it's gonna happen to because he wrestles i mean he doesn't he hasn't slowed down right i mean those needs have been taped up since like 2012 <laughs> and 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 for the life of me i hope he comes back and zach sabre jr is in some sort of prominent role and he comes back and he goes after zach right he's yeah. like that's that's the easy story like i don't know maybe somehow you get the u.s title on zach and maybe that's how naito gets into the u.s title scene and gets back gets his feet back under him right like yeah. i think that's all fine right like he just shows up right surprise surprise naito's back and he's ready to go and he challenges zach after a, a big match or something so like the the story's built in he's probably going to be okay maybe he needed the time off maybe this is the beginning of his last big you know couple year arc and um you know it's it sucks that it happened after night one of the g1 it's better that it happened after night one than after night five though because that yeah, could get really that been a mess, yeah <laughs>
2: Well, let's move over to the B block, the more kind of straight-out block here with the, the guys that are going to be at play. We'll start at the top of the block. One of the two guys that are currently undefeated, Jeff Cobb, the hatchet of the empire, 14 points, 7-0. and 0. Night 12, he put away the Cole skull, Sonata, 14 minutes and 17 seconds. And then on night 14, he defeated the ace, the U.S. champ, Professor Tanahashi, in the main event, 19 minutes and 5 seconds.
1: I mean, what a run, right? Like yeah. what a run. And he, he the matches have been good. Not a lot of featured matches though, right? I think um the Tanahashi match was the first main event. Right.
2: It's kind of been in that kind of mid card, like third, maybe a semi-main event or two, but mainly like that kind of that mid middle spot of the card.
1: Yeah, and the they're not asking Cobb for too much time, right? I think he's averaging something in the 13, 14 minute range for these matches which is, um, yeah, 1350 coming into the match with Tanahashi. So uh, I guess a little bit more than that now, but um, that's about right for Cobb. And I think what the true test is these last three matches for Cobb, right? Tanahashi was good. I mean, like I had a great time watching that match right before we we came on the air, actually. Um, then you got Evil. It's like, what can you pull out of Evil? How do you play the heel right heel heel dynamic but Cobb's like the dominant heel and evil's like the chicken shit cheating heel fucking evil (laughs) um is what evil is like so that's that's an interesting dynamic and it's in its own way too and Cobb's post-match promo kind of sold into that too um and then Okada right in the mix this is not just a match for funsies right like that's gonna be a match that helps determine the end of the block so like this is the time for Cobb the last third of this tournament is where Cobb needs to shine right needs to show up Mm -hmm. um and this can help establish him as like this dominant singles heavyweight guy and and you know going seven and oh nobody had done this nobody gone seven and oh and since like 1996 or something like that like it's it's an outrageous feat and then now you've got two guys that did it one of them's jeff cobb the guy who went four and five his first two g1s but then he joined the united empire and now he's seven and oh and dominating his way through the through the tournament like that's a cool story that's a really cool story and he's going to end the block against Okada, who you know for all intents and purposes like seven years in a row he hasn't made the g1 final and he's been a top guy so you know okada's no g1 pro when it comes down to it it's been a long time since he's been in the in uh yeah he's typically in the mix going into the last night but he's not typically the winner right so um you know okada on the last night that's got to be the the match that decides everything unless um darkness falls oh please no (laughs) um but you know if if it's me at this point again i'm booking it that Cobb and Okada are both going in undefeated to the last night but I I I don't think that's how it's gonna go
2: yeah I mean I think that would be the most intriguing thing I don't think that's has ever I don't think it's ever happened before when you have a guy I don't think I don't think so completely going undefeated and so and you're watching this thing like oh the guy to lose some time you're like you know what maybe Tanahashi's the guy to do it it's the ace not uh holist tour of the islands you know Okada, who's he going to lose to? Maybe, you know, Taichi will pull upset. Nah, hold this rainmaker. So these guys have just been, you know, full steam ahead. Um, Cobb, again, kind of some sort of matches. I thought Sonata match was uh, really good, and he was just tossing, of course, Sonata around. Sonata did not have a chance in that match at all. And then the Tanahashi match watch uh, watched earlier today, I thought it was really good. I won four stars flat on it. thought it was a really good main event. Tanahashi, he busted out the high fly floor to the floor. Um, really tried to, you know, just outmaneuver Jeff Cobb, but Cobb was just too strong, but was able to block the high fly flow, got the knees up, and then was able to put Tana away with the tour of the island. So you also got to think there's a, a U.S. towel shot, like you mentioned earlier, the coming you know, Cobb's way as well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it's been the tournament he needed to have, right? I mean, but... Again, I mean, his tournament's going to be defined by these last two matches. Right. Right, And really, truly, probably defined by the match against Okada.
2: Right. Well Let's talk about Okada. He's also, like I mentioned, 14 points, 7-0, undefeated, just like Jeff Cobb. On night 12, he defeated Taichi 23 minutes and seconds. And then night 14, he defeated, defeated Chase Owens 15 minutes and 37 seconds. All
1: right. So here's the thing. Okada was kind of flat, right? Last year's G1 money clip. you know kind of a weird g1 not balloons weird quite but it's just just money clip mania money clip mania (laughs) um oh yeah just kind of a weird year for okada last year and 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 now if you need to build a rebuild i guess kazuchika okada and make him dominant again what better way than to make him the guy that goes to the g1 undefeated Mm. right like I don't know. It's hard for me to look at the rest of the G one and think, yeah, someone other than Okada's winning this tournament. Um because he's looked I mean he he's in he's in hella good shape. Yeah, he's incredible shape. Like, he, <laughs> he, he looks he,
2: good. The, he brought the Rainmaker back. He gave that you know impassioned promo at the end of night one. We're getting ready to go into the fiftieth year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Three Wrestle Kingdom nights like he, I know Toto Hashi is the ace, but in reality, Kazuchika Okada is the current ace of the company. Going into the 50th year, you got to think Okada is going to be either the champion or in the mix
1: or pushed very heavily going into that 50th year. And you can't give Okada much. I mean, you've got Mr. G1 right now, Kota Ibushi, right? Like, it, you can't. Give Okada a four-year run going through the G ones because he's going to be the champion, right? At some right, point, yeah. he's going to take that belt into the G one again. Um, this is the first time he's ever come into the G one twice in a row, not as the champion, like without without that belt. So last last year and this year. So this is the reheat of Kazuchika Okada. So in my opinion, you mow him. You have him just mow down the the block and then you have him probably win the final right Right. so first guy to ever go through the g1 completely undefeated at the with the big blocks at least i know that you know there have been tournaments that are single elimination so like people have gone through the g1 undefeated but with 10 guy blocks like this this would be the first time that that's ever happened so i'm for it honestly because i think the promotion as they start to hopefully fill up buildings again and you see the american involvement you know, if is gonna show up on TNT at any point, he should be holding the damn belt.
2: Definitely. Yeah, that that will will be great. Um, I, I really from this past week I really loved the Tai Chi match. I thought that was just a, a great main event and just really, you know, push push Tai Chi to the next level there. And thought both guys worked really hard. I mean, with that kind of Okada classic main event style, but you know, Tai Chi Threw his flare in there. Uh, some great big offense from him with the Axe Bombers and the, and the dangerous backdrop suplex. Uh, some really good stuff here. And then the Chase Owens match, you know, it was another really good matchup with, with Chase. I'll see. Okada you know, try to have a five star match or anything, but it, it was good. I mean, you had the, you know, people are now scared of that that package pile driver, because he put Tanahashi away with it. And so there's some great near attempts of at that as well, but also able to put. Uh, Chase Owens away with the money clip, but he did a, a different version. He kind of laid out in like a, like a cross face type position. Um, so I, I liked it better that way. So that was kind of a new little wrinkle that he added to the money clip. And that'd be cool if he continues to do it that way. Uh, we had a question here from Don Homey 101. Who was more likely to finish the tournament undefeated between Jeff Cobb and the Rainmaker? Because Okada? I think we kind of answered. We feel like it's going to be the Rainmaker.
3: Yeah,
1: sorry, Dom homie. I, I jumped on your question <laughs> early there. Um, but shoot, I mean yeah, like I said, Okada's never gonna need this run again in a G one. I don't I don't think. I think he's always gonna be, you know, he's always gonna be a threat in the G one and there's there's potential that he wins a couple more, right? But right this is the year if you're gonna pull the trigger on someone just like mowing them down calling it a day right and obviously classic new japan booking is he gets his win back over cob in a big spot right after Cobb got a you know win in a big spot at, at the met life dome so yeah. i mean you look at that last night and you think well Cod is winning that block and then you look at the other block and you're like well god is probably winning the tournament which is good like i think that's good <laughs> Yeah, For I, obvious booking is good sometimes, right? I don't need to swerve. And we'll talk about that with the next guy.
2: Yeah, and so Okada, he has, so obviously he has Cobb on the final night, and then on night 16, he has Tamatanga. Um, So, I mean, do we get, you know, both guys being undefeated? Or are we going to get uh, Tamatonga and Evil pulling some upsets there on night 16? But... Let's talk about the next guy, which is Evil, who's at 12 points right now. Six wins, one loss. Night 12, he defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, 17 minutes, 22 seconds. And then on night 14, he defeated Hiroki Goto, 14 minutes and 16 seconds. And, you know, it's just been another week full of Evil. Um, Gorilla wires, slow blows, ref bumps. Um, you name it, it, it happened. It's just... It's frustrating.
1: I listen. I'm not as like down on evil as I think most people are. Where like it's like oh here we go again. Like this is it's it is now evil's established role, right? And I Mm -hmm. do think that the the perception of evil has changed at least a little bit to the point where like no one's surprised by it anymore which i think is fine um you know to me i i wait for it and wait for it and wait for it and part of it's that these matches aren't 30 minutes long right when he was in the championship scene the the evil matches were 30 minutes 35 39 Like you name it, like he was way up there. Those matches were long as hell. Yeah. And then Dick Togo shows up and you're like, oh, come on. I just sat through thirty-five minutes just to get to this dumb same spot I've seen a million times. So not even creative with it. Like, um, so evil this year, his average match length in the G one's been fifteen forty three. So like that's so much half. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I, a lot more palatable than thirty-five.
2: And I feel like the, the the Dick Togo interference is coming in earlier as well. And I mean, like, like I know, I know what's going to happen. Like I'm not even mad that it's happening. Like I know that that's the game plan. Like Dick Togo's going to pull the turnbuckle pad off. He's going to pull the, the guy under running the ropes. He's going to choke him out with the garrote wire. He's going to have show turn the lights off. Like I know all this stuff is coming. That sucked.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't. I can't stand for that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like I know uh, I know all this is coming or could potentially happen, but at some point I'm like, all right, just how far is it gonna go now? Like, how much Dick Togo interference are we gonna get now? Like, it's, a, it's like a scale now.
1: <laughs> yeah, a- and who's smart enough to bypass it, right? Um, and Okada was and everybody else wasn't right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I will say the Tanahashi match was really like that room was deflated by that by that uh three count, that third hand hitting the mat, like Mm -hmm. that whole and the Godo match was kind of similar too, where the like no reaction to evil winning. Not like a not a groan, no movement, right? If you watch the crowd, yeah, yeah, no gas. A little bit of a gasp on the Tanahashi one I I think. But, like, the to one, like, the, the, the hand slapped the mat the third time, and, like, literally the entire crowd, because at this point I knew who the winner was when I was finally watching the finish of that match. The entire crowd just, like, sat there still, like, just watching. No, no reaction at all, which is bad. Like, that's not, that's not great.
2: Right. And I know there, there's been some tweets going around from the Japanese, like, New Japan Twitter and, uh, with them, like, posting stuff from EVIL's matches. And a lot of Japanese fans commenting on, like, you know, why are we having this? Like, this is horrible. This is ruining the G1. So we're seeing, I know people are saying, you know, this is good heat and the Japanese fans probably like it. But based off of reactions that we're seeing just in person and on, you know, social media, it seems like Japanese fan base has a similar uh, I mean, kind of reaction and, and mindset as us over here in the West.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think House of Torture is a hot new group, right? Like right. Evil's really trying to get that shirt over by putting it on after every match, but. Well, hey,
2: it, it's selling. I mean, a couple weeks ago, it was number one in the, the token shop.
1: Yeah, but somebody looked up, John, John Carroll looked up um, what is selling on the token shop now, like the the native site the hmm. the japanese site it's nowhere to be seen hmm. so i mean Tetsu naito still moving merch so um not and evil's previous merch that sold really well was his um lij merch right? well the lij merch but his original bullet club shirt you know like anytime someone joins bullet club they get a shirt that yeah his, looks a lot like the bullet club shirt darkness, but it says like darkness club, club. Yeah that shirt sold really well, but I think any of those like kind of modified Bullet Club shirts, they, those all sell well.
2: Right. I mean, it's a, it's a collector's thing now, like you, you have right. one, it's like, all right, I have the super kick club. I have the Hangman club. I have the, the, you I've know. got the
1: grills, of destiny one. I've right. got the, all the Jay white ones. Uh, yeah. You you know, you I like, got
2: the Cody Rhodes was like, all right, I need, I need to get the yeah. evil one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. And, and that worked, I guess for a little while, but, um, yeah, I so I he's gonna be in the mix. He's gonna be alive going into last night, I think. Um I don't think I think the Cobb match is the most interesting match of his tournament. Right. And even though I think the likelihood just based on how it all is gonna go is that Cobb's or Eva's gonna win. But how? Like I think Cobb is protected enough, especially coming into the match that they have to do something a little different, a little special. So um curious how they get to that point, um, but still have Cobb look strong going into a final that he's probably going to be, you know, in all likelihood that's still a winner takes the block match somehow.
2: Yeah. So if he beats Cobb, you got to think Tana is maybe pulling an upset over Okada so that you can have all three of those guys going into 14.
1: Or um, Sonata beats Evil on the last night, and then Okada Cobb becomes winner take all anyway. Winner mm. takes the block because then they would end up tied at sixteen, I guess. Um, but Cobb Cobb, if he won, would have the tiebreaker. Or Okada burns through undefeated. Mm. So then, yeah. So basically, the problem runs into is if Evil beats. Cobb and then Cobb beats Okada and they're all um they all have one loss it's an unbreakable three-way tie which is you... everyone everyone's one and one yeah. in their in their mini block so and we know they're not going to do that yeah well, but, I what's... sure as hell hope they're not <laughs> yeah. going to do that <laughs> uh,
2: yeah I'm, I'm hoping it just comes down to Cobb and Okada hopefully it's not. I can you know pull you know, repeat last year and spoil evil from from going off the block, uh, especially because I just feel like Sonata. I mean, going from a, a G one finalist to you know currently at six points has you know been a hell of a fall for him, and so uh, <laughs> I I think it'd be great for him to to upset evil again and kind of make that his thing. You know, keeping his uh, foreign partner from uh winning the G one.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great uh consolation prize for sonata. (laughs) It also might help like heat him back up a little bit. Yeah. Because I mean what a cold. I mean, I guess he's coming up here. I mean that he's had a he hasn't had much of a G1 after going to the final last year.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about him in a second. But first let's talk about the IWGP US champ, the ace of the universe, Hiroshi Tanahashi sitting with six points. He's three and four. He's mathematically eliminated At this point in the tournament, on night 12, like we mentioned, he lost to Evil, 17 minutes, 22 seconds. And then on night 14, like we mentioned, he lost to Jeff Cobb, 19 minutes and 5 seconds.
1: Tough run for Tanahashi, right? But he's got Yoshihashi and Taichi to end out the tournament, so you figure he's going to pick up another win or two um
2: yeah i think he, he'll will at least beat yoshihashi i mean taichi's having a rough go too i feel like tai yeah. Chi needs a bone also so maybe you get him to eight you, you get tai Chi
1: to like at least six yeah i mean but th- this is kind of what happens when you you book the top of the block heavy right like you mm-hmm. say like these are the guys that are going and everyone else is kind of expendable and and that includes tanahashi unfortunately um you know, Tanahashi, it's his 20th G1 in a row. I mean, he's had a good run. He's the U.S. champ. So, you know, I, I haven't seen anyone, like, actually, like, maybe I'm not paying close enough attention, but I haven't seen anyone, like, point at the belt or be like, that's for me. I want uh, that, ch- right? Chase like, did
2: after he beat him. Chasen. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so, th- you know, I mean, that's – they that would be the only thing that would that would have been established for Tanahashi but he's got there's enough out there for Tanahashi to do with the U.S. belt too so like maybe they didn't really need to use the G1 to set up a bunch of different stuff for that for that title but um you know I think his output's been fine in a sense of like match quality and like the Sonata match was good um the Okada match was really good the Goto match was fine um you know, Cobb, I like the Cobb match a lot. Yeah, I thought you know, the Cobb match was really good. Yeah. So, you know, now he, he he's gonna coast through to the end. Um, you know, a, a shame to see him fall from fall from grace, but he's one of those guys that like if next year he shows up and scores 16 points and wins the block, like no one's gonna think anything <laughs> right. of it. So, and, like and I, you can do whatever you want with Tanahashi. He is bulletproof. So, you know, this this year the story is more about the the, the cream of the crop the top third of this block
2: and, and with two more matches i mean he could still if he wins both he could get 10 points which is still very respectable and, and 10 we, is super honorable yeah. yeah and when you look back when you know next year when we're looking back we're like oh yeah tomohashi did well he got 10 points it doesn't right you're not gonna remember yeah.
1: <laughs> he was probably in the mix yeah <laughs> like you never remember like who is eliminated and when like right you know i guess that's my job but um yeah i mean 10 10 points is better than he did last year i think i think he ended with eight
2: yeah. So, so, which is probably more likely. I think he'll definitely, definitely be Yoshihashi and then maybe, maybe lose to Tai Chi. But
1: I just don't think there's any reason for Tai Chi to win that. Mm. Like, I don't know. Tai Chi's kind of broken.
3: Like, yeah, yeah.
2: he got, he got the uh, injured ribs. Uh, yeah. Perfect yeah. target for the high fly flow. So, yeah, maybe. Oof. Yeah. Maybe Tai Chi's out of there. Uh, ace is high and just take him down. Yeah.
1: Boom. Done. Six minutes.
2: So let's talk about the Cole Skull Sonata, who's also at six points, three wins, four losses, eliminated last year's uh, G1 finalists with Kota Ibushi, already out of the tournament, night 12, losing to Jeff Cobb, 14-17, and then on night 14, he picked up a win over Yoshihashi, 17 minutes, 32 seconds.
1: So Sonata's got what's left here for Sonata? Goto and then Evil, right? So yeah. I think Sonata's big spot is is against evil. Um that's gonna be that's gonna be the establishing spot for him that either heats him back up or he is a total failure to the whole fan base of New Japan for <laughs> wrestling.
2: Yeah. And I think he's also in a very similar spot to Tanahashi, where he could win his last two, end up with ten. and Then you look back like, oh yeah, Sonata was you know,
1: he had ten points. He did he did all right. Yeah, and and he, or he could lose to Goto and end with eight, which is like pretty close to what he typically does. Right, right? like yeah. last year is probably the anomaly for Sonata. You right, know, going to the going to the final. I don't I don't. I, <laughs> he's a good wrestler, but I just don't know that he's a main event wrestler. Um, you know, and I think that that was highlighted in kind of how flat the final fell last year. Yeah.
2: I think for us sometimes the stars just have to align correctly. It has to be the right night, the right building, the right city, the right opponent for him to really stand out and have a, a great matchup. I know a lot of people like praise, well, like the Okada series in 2019. I, I, well, I was going
1: to say that's, it needs to be Okada, yeah, and that's it, right? Like, what other great series does Sonata have? Saber, yeah, Saber. The Saber matches are really yeah. good, but
2: again, even though Saber matches don't really reach like match of the year uh, contender kind of thing, um, I, I love the Okada match this year probably yeah, more me than too. And, and any of his other Okada matches. Um, you know, he usually has great matches with, but again, they're usually not they're not fighting for the notebook or fighting for match of the year uh,
1: level. Yeah, I mean, so basically you put him in there with some of the best wrestlers in the world and he can have a <laughs> and he's going to have a really good match. Yeah, he uh, but that's the thing. Like, you, he's got to bring other guys up and I don't see that.
2: Right. We've you said know. on this show several times, not wrestles up to the level of the guy that right he's in there with him. So if he's, he, if he's wrestling Chase Owens, he's going to wrestle down at Chase Owens level. He's not going to try and elevate Chase Owens.
1: I liked the Tai Chi match in this year's tournament. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. You got a lot of personality out of Sonata in the Tai Chi match. Um, I was hopeful that that was where the Sonata tournament was headed, but um, you know, maybe Tai Chi's the personality. He's the guy that brings the personality out. <laughs> yeah. So, so we need him in a three way with Tai Chi and Okada. <laughs> or, I mean, I don't know. There's no one for him to tag. Well, the the tag stuff with Nicho and and Tai Chi and ZSJ was good. Yeah, I man. thought. Which I'm very curious what's
2: going to happen now because I I was assuming that we were probably going to get Sonata and Naito as a team in the Tag League this year since mm-hmm. is so world champ and can't team with Sonata and also Hiromu's and Super Juniors. I don't think they're going to do Bushi Sonata. So Yo, Tag League's
1: going to be a mess. <laughs> yeah, like that's where we're at. Like yeah. if if you look at the schedule, you're going to have 12 teams probably. Where are we getting these teams? Where for, Chris? are these teams? <laughs> Cobbs in America, I think. I mean I know I mean there's going to be like four bullet club teams in this damn thing. Oh boy. <laughs> there is. There Evil is. Evil and Togo, Jado sure. and Gato. Well, no, cuz you got to have the heavies, right? Yeah. But Kenta and someone. Kenta Chase. and Chase. Kenta yeah, I guess Kenta and Chase. Mm, I think it's Kenta and someone, Chase and someone. I think there's I think those two are separate. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what they're going to, the guys that are kind of established, I think they're going to put with like less established guys. Um, so Chase is an established guy now after being in the G1, so. I, I guess you could do Evil you derailed, keep how to keep House of Torture. Yeah, that one, that seems like a given. So I think you're going to see, that's assuming Kenta's staying in Japan. True. He Dude be... lives in Florida. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like, you're going to have Kojima and Nagata maybe, I guess. Or Kojima, t- maybe you're getting a Tenzan run. Maybe, maybe. Makabe wants to wrestle a little. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, right? Homa? Like, can't go too far into it all, but they're going to have to announce that soon. But, like, Tag League's going to be a mess. Yeah. Um, all I right. kind of love the chaos of it, but, like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. who's who's there? Right. I mean, it, you know, they'll announce the teams, and it'll all make sense. Can, it'll can be like, oh, slide okay. I see open in there ah, jeez, they would burn right through it. Yeah. <laughs> like that, you know. And yeah, sure, you'll have techers, and maybe you have G.O.D. willing to stick yeah, around. Yeah,
2: they because they could go back to Florida, too, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, they, they were trying to set something up with the Good Brothers at Resurgence, right?
3: Yeah, and
1: Battle, I, you Battle know, in the Valley, par- yeah. Well, that's it. That's exactly it. Like, you look at Battle in the Valley as, like, the, the next step after Resurgence, um, and maybe you can use it to move on um, some of the... The native angles right but I mean if the next step after Resurgence was Battle in the Valley Like G.O.D. should be there Yeah So And Who's in the tag <laughs> league Yeah Cause there's 12 nights Oh boy Man. Yeah 12 nights
2: Maybe we should just you know Table tag league for this year Just do a Best of Super Juniors tour I'll never do it I know I know, I know. They'll never do it. Um, We'll probably get this next guy, Hiroki Goto. And Yoshihashi yeah. will probably be in there. So Hiroki Goto yeah. with uh, four points right now, two and five eliminated. Rough, rough go here for, uh, you know, the G and G1 for, for being for Goto. Was, was not the case <laughs> this year for the, the former uh, G1 winner here, uh, losing to Chase Owens. Well, he defeated Chase Owens actually on night 12, and then he lost to Evil on night 14
1: yeah i mean i feel like goto's one of those guys that you know i'm talking about tanahashi like you could heat him up and have a great g1 at any time i think this is this is what you're gonna get from Goto <laughs> now yeah. on like you're gonna get four and five or three and whatever you know three and six that's how math works um yeah i mean he's he, you're gonna get one or two matches you're like yeah goto and then the rest of it you're gonna get i don't know a kind of surprising losses i don't know is any goto singles loss surprising
2: uh not really
1: (laughs) yeah right so he's a geek is any goto singles win surprising uh for the most part no (laughs) no right like dude you know he's gonna pick up some points along the way but you know he's just picking them up like they're little mario coins like they don't really <laughs> mean anything yeah like so he's in there to to move the points around
2: yeah uh question from downway 1 on one thoughts on the g1 booking of the man known as Hiroki goto is it possible that goto may go to the dark side in the near future so i think that you know we've seen a lot of kind of frustration from goto in his losses even in that okada um, match there's, there's a lot of frustration there Um, you know yeah maybe he's you know maybe he needs to leave chaos leave uh, goto leave uh, ishi and yoshihashi and,
1: Listen, it's established canon that you can uh, abandon your never open weight six man championship team, and they'll just have a tournament. Right. So uh, I mean, instead of like, uh, can they coexist? Yeah. Um, luckily, I guess. I think. I don't know what I'd really prefer. And Defend it as a two <laughs> as a two person team handicap man. <laughs> yeah, handicap. Yeah. Honestly, that's that's what I was hoping they would do with the Lij thing. But yeah. You know that that wasn't that wasn't in the cards, and I'm not saying I want it
2: to happen, but could he join house of torture uh, no,
1: I think gocho is chaos for life,
2: I don't know we we thought a lot of people were chaos for life, you know we, we thought, yeah we, we thought will Osprey was chaos for
1: life, did we look look what that went slime ball <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> i yeah, I don't know, I don't do. You, God, does Bullet Club or House of Torture need more people? Is the thing.
2: Well, if they're going to be their own unit yeah, and split yes. from Bullet Club, then you need some
1: bodies. What do you think Goto would wear if he was in in Bullet Club? Like, what does the gear look like? Is it just his like weird? It's his same gear, just black, just black and white. <laughs> <Silver>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same exact
2: look, black. <laughs> Get a nice little uh, GoTo Club shirt. Gets get a little merch money. Hey, <laughs> I'll buy a GoTo Club shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: uh, shout shout Kai Club, you know.
1: Yo, if that's the move, then I'm I'm back in on GoTo. <laughs> that's a sweet move. Yeah. I don't know. I you, I guess you figure you gotta do something with them if you think there's more in him. Right. But um, you know, then that. They had a really good, they've had a good run with this six-man thing. Like, I don't know. What's it going to take to get a Goto Ishii run as the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions?
2: I don't know, man. They keep circling around that. They, they do, they, what are we doing? They do <laughs> Goto, and Yoshihashi for whatever reason. They're, they're a fine little team, but come on. Goto, Ishii,
1: it's right there, guys. Come on. It's right there. I mean, ready to be heated up. They can be the tag champs for three years straight. Like, nah, you know, you don't even mess around with it. It's kind of like what they've done with the six-man tournament. They're like, yeah, I don't know, throw some guys at them, and they're just <laughs> right. going to win, right? Exactly. Like, just remove Yoshihashi from the equation, and everything gets maybe a touch better, and then you're, you're, you're in a good spot. Hey, man, Yoshihashi, he's been working hard, man. He's been great in his role. <laughs> um, I don't think he – do you think Yoshihashi is IWGP heavyweight tag team champion? Is that the next step for him with Goto?
2: I mean, I think it's possible I, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if he won that Sure yeah.
1: I mean, maybe that's the move Because then you, Ishii can go do single stuff again Yeah, and
2: actually, now that you mentioned that That could be the move So let's look at Yoshiashi, So he's at four points, two and five Like his partner eliminated But on night 12, he defeated Tama Tonga um, So maybe that's some tag team implications there He defeats a former uh, tag champ right there uh, Then on night 14, he lost to Sonata Sonata
1: got his win back because Yoshihashi beat him in last year. She won. So big uh, grudge match there. Yoshihashi and Sonata. <laughs> didn't didn't she know? I, I did. Not. <laughs> uh, I was more impressed. Maybe I was more surprised by Yoshihashi's tournament last year. This year, I think he's had a really good tournament. Fun to watch. Good matches. Um, less surprising because I've seen all the six man matches and all and, and his tournament last year. So did he earn a spot into next year's tournament? Probably really, really, really depends on who's right. Dude, if borders are opened up, it's there's going to be a lot of guys
2: on the chopping block next year.
1: We're doing a 24 man <laughs> tournament next year. I, it wouldn't surprise me to be perfectly honest. Like if borders are opened up and it's the 50th year, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, I, I think there's a question that that'll, that'll get into that later in the later in the show here. But Good tournament from Yoshihashi, no issues, watchable matches, fun, fun.
2: Yeah, like, very very yeah. good. This This past week, you know, it was fine. He faced Tamatonga. that was fine, and I thought it was fine.
3: Yeah.
1: Serviceable G1 matches in the current climate. Yeah.
2: So then, uh, speaking of Tamatonga, he's also four points, two and five. He's eliminated as well. Like we mentioned, he lost to Yoshihashi on night 12, and then on night 14, he defeated Tai Chi, who's one half of the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, beating him 12 minutes and 58 seconds. So kind of a not me. Really, I don't know if it's an upset, but a big win for him, especially if they're trying to establish a, another GOD Dangerous Tickers match.
1: Uh, yeah, Tama Tonga's tournament better than it had any right to be so far, I think. And then you know these last two matches were, were pretty good. So, um. The Tai Chi match was was, re- I I thought really good. Yeah,
2: I have really been just impressed with Tam Tonga. Like He's been wrestling like a fiery bay faced and super yep. athletic. You know, doing the supreme spl- uh, flow splash, that rolling Death Valley driver thing that he's been doing. Um, so yeah, the Tai Chi match, even though Tai Chi kind of like a tweener, more bay faced leaning. Like I felt like Tantongo was kind of the bay face in that match. Like he didn't really. Whole ton, and you have you know uh, Jada with
1: the the big cheerleader. Come on, Tama! Come on, Tama! Show your
2: fire, Tama!
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, high effort, Tama Tonga, really good, like good stuff. I I don't know. I kind of prefer God in singles matches. Yeah, I and maybe the maybe this is a corner to turn, so they're gonna have another good run as a tag, but i don't know this has been really fun they could keep doing this and i'd be okay um but i think they're gonna end up back in the tag division doing tag division things but um yeah sure same deal as as tangaloa like maybe he could have a run in a new japan cup where he, he makes it two three rounds in right makes it to the semis i don't know you know maybe that's a little too far but yeah you know he, he could
2: get a first could... round upset like he could he could be yes. i don't know tanahashi or whatever in the first round it's like oh
1: yeah yeah Feas they he could feasibly have um you know a- and honestly like you could plug him into another g1 and i wouldn't scoff at it but again i think that the spots are going to end up hopefully end up pretty limited that's the that's next year comes around yeah um but again better than had any right to be um his whole tournament and specifically the match with tai chi
2: yeah which we had a question here from domi Dom one-on-one is it me or does tamatanga work as a baby face better than as a heel i know this is an odd question but i was watching Tamatonga versus evil and i thought uh Tama worked well as a face in that match
1: i think he is Tama Tonga is really good at like fan service stuff yeah so
2: i mean he he bought me a beer in uh new york WrestleMania weekend (laughs) there
3: you go (laughs) um
1: there it is that's it that's exactly no but i mean he is and he um i think that would it would be good to leverage that right as bullet club hopefully kind of separates right i guess house of torture is going to live in like cheating terrible heel land and like i guess bullet club Classic, Bullet Club OG, whatever you want to call it. They're going to be like the like, cool heel, kind of like yeah. how it was with
2: like the Elite was there kind of thing.
1: Exactly. And I think that that's the group with, you know, I guess Jay White, right? Jay White, Tama Tunga, Tangaloa. I think you get ELP, Taiji. ELP sticks uh, with that. You got Chris Bay, Hikaleo. Yeah, like that's a cool group. Yeah. Put those guys all together. That's a really cool group. Maybe somebody defects and goes with House of Torture. It, you know, could be any of them. Um, probably, I mean, Ishimori, maybe, maybe Kenta, um, maybe Kenta. Yeah, Kenta's kind of in between the two. Then, um, I for the love of God, though, pulled the trigger on the Bullet Club Civil War. Like, let's go. Like, let's, I think yeah, you got to get the guys all in the country, yeah, but like jesus just do it let's go like that that's the weird like they're all talking about it and you can tell that there's not a lot of direction about what to talk about Um, i'm sure they don't they don't even know what what they're gonna do yeah they probably don't and that's kind of the fun in new japan is that like every now and then like they kind of just go into business for themselves (laughs) and (laughs) try to figure out what they're gonna what should happen um but i that's That seems like a fun feud to me to almost establish Bullet Club as all. I mean, I don't even I don't want to call them baby faces, but like against House of Torture, everyone's going to be a baby face. Even (laughs) like we were just talking about Jeff Cobb, right? Cobb's a baby face against evil (laughs) because everyone's going to want him to win. Right.
2: So, yeah, so Tama, he's done, but he could be spoiler. He he could beat Okada on uh, night 16 and, and really throw things for a loop. That would. Be a loop. <laughs> uh, well, let's look at Tai Chi. who's also at four points, two and five. Uh, night 12, he lost to Okada. Night 14, losing to Tamatonga. Uh, tai Chi, you know, from a kayfabe perspective, not having a very good tournament. But from an in ring perspective, I thought he's been awesome. He's had a ton of great performances. I loved the Okada match uh, this past week. I think I went for an quarter. Order on that, somewhere in that range. Uh, but just a, a really good uh, matchup there for, for Tai Chi to wrestle Okada, they, They've kind of had a rivalry. I think it was like 2018 or 2019 that they had a few uh, matches against each other um, and they had a little rivalry there. And so it was good for Tai Chi to kind of get back in a spot like that. And yeah, every match he's been having, it's been a, worked very hard, very hard hitting. He just hasn't been able to, you know, pull off the win.
1: Yeah, super good. Tournament from Tai Chi. Um, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed the whole run. I mean, I I kind of highlighted the Sonata match earlier. I thought that was a really fun match. Um, you know, kind of sucks to see him win two and then lose what five in a row. Yeah. Now, but um, you know, he's a tag guy. He he. You know, that's kind of where he's at. He's in the tag team division. Um, he's got Chase Owens next, so you got to figure he's gonna pick up a win there. Yeah. Um, and then Tanahashi and you know, what could be a big match for whatever reason, right? Like they could turn that into something or it's just a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. There's nothing wrong with that either. So good output from Tai Chi, enjoyable. Um, anyone who thinks Tai Chi's not a good heavyweight wrestler at this point, isn't watching new Japan. Right. He's been, he's been good.
2: If you think think Tai Chi thinks thinks, that's a clear sign to me that you're not watching the product because the last couple of years now he has been killing it. Uh, especially this year, like he's had a ton of just great matches and great moments. And the arsenal, you know, the, the, that sumo, you know, forearm he does the the dangerous backdrop suplexes is, is great. Uh, the stretch plum, like the, the axe bomber, like his offense is just awesome. It, 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 the insecurities so that he kind of hits out of nowhere are great. Like Chi is the man. He's the man, and, and he's it. got pants that tear off. <laughs> And we also have to, you know, if we we put over Peter earlier, we got to put yeah. over Mio Abe. She's been on the tour as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of tears for Miho as uh, Tai Chi just, you know, is eating all these losses. But, uh, you know, she's out there doing her thing as well. Um, uh, you know, cleaning up his uh, Tai Chi's messes. And you know, also, you know, another <laughs> kind of out for Tai Chi. You know, he he has the, the injured ribs now. I think early in the tournament he hurt his back as well. So you know, dealing with some injuries as well. Kind of another reason why. He's been losing, so they, they, they kind of protect him a little bit with those injuries, but yeah, yeah, and and still the voice of our generation, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, the bottom of the B block, we have the crown jewel, Chase Owens, two points, one and six. He's out of there. Night 12, he lost to Goto, night 14, he lost to Okada. Uh, you know, Chase, he, he's. Been working hard, having a good little tournament. Got the you know the big upset, the, the upset of the tournament, beating Tanahashi. He looks like he has a U.S. towel shot in line for him, maybe at Power Struggle. Um, so hey, it, it was a work for it work for him.
1: Yeah, and um, anyone who's paid attention probably isn't all that surprised that that his tournament has been good. Um, and and uh, honestly, at the booking, right, he's not going to win a bunch of matches, but yo, he's going to show up and. And give it everything he's got. And you know, when I think when Chase was announced for the tournament, there were a lot of people that are like, what? You know, <laughs> yeah. or you know, yeah. like, how? Like, he's a good Chase is a good in-ring wrestler. And like you can he, he's experienced, and he he finally has a shot at that doing some some cool single stuff right here in, with the G1. And you know no surprise that he gave it his all and is giving it his all and and that that has been rewarded with like some cool moments right so like the company likes him he's a good wrestler um and he hey,
2: he, he comes through he's coming through in this pandemic time you have a lot of other guys who yep. took, took their ball and went home and, and chase has stuck around for for
1: you know throughout the whole pandemic and chase really Took a lot of pride in the fact that he got he gets to be in a G1 like I I know that um Based on some conversations I've had like (laughs) Chase is really excited to be in the G1 so Um and really excited that he beat Tanahashi and very curious if he was if he beat Tanahashi the fastest, and he did not. Um, <laughs> I I had to break, I had to break the bad news to Chase that uh, seventh fastest to ever beat Tanahashi in the G one, so he couldn't scream that to Kevin Kelly on, on his way out. But so, so Owen uh, is, it, is a mark for the stats? uh owens is 100 a mark for the stats um and and good on him he cares about like yeah. the perception of it all right, right yeah. i think that's cool uh, obviously i think that's cool um i there are more than just Chase and mark for the stats but <laughs> he was very he he's he very curious about where he ranked in the kind of speed of defeating tanahashi in the g1 so mm. um you know i i pulled it up for him i, I figured <laughs> yeah. it out but but he, but that leads me to believe that Chase um, took a lot of pride in, in in being booked in G1, understood the weight of it. Uh, you know, understood what it meant and 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 where the G1 stands in the kind of um, lexicon of New Japan, right? He, right? he knows that it's a it's on a pedestal, right. and mm-hmm. And these matches are important to the company. <laughs> And not just to him and not just to the person across the ring from him, but like to the company as a whole, like Chase Owens matches in the G1 are important. And, you know, I think he's done that. He's done honorably um, in this in this tournament. I mean, this
2: this could be a a once in a lifetime kind of shot. Like we mentioned, like next Mm -hmm. year, if boards open up like I'm sorry, Chase, you're, you're probably not making the cut.
1: So, you know, good on him for getting this opportunity. <laughs> the company really likes Chase Owens, though. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did them a solid when he came over when, what, the Bucks bailed a long time ago or yeah. whatever. So Whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, maybe he's the last guy that – maybe he's the guy that gets another Yoshihashi shot like this year, right? Right, like, like I, I wouldn't know, mind
2: he- Chase like replacing Yano. Let's let's get Yano out of there and Chase can be the quote-unquote night off and <laughs> peanut
1: P- eater. I don't know. He's working hard. I don't know if he's a night off guy. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the thing. Right. It's like, yeah, like, that's a real thing that the Yano match is a night off for some of these guys. Night, it's a different style. Right. But yeah. Chase is beating the shit out, trying to beat the shit out of people. Like, still, <laughs> even, even in 12 minutes or whatever it may be, like, he's, they're wrestling hard. Yeah. So.
2: Well, we have uh, three nights coming up by the next time we record. So as you listen to the show right now for night 15 on Wednesday, we're back to the A-block show opens up with Hiromu Takahashi versus Kohei Fujita. Then another non-tournament match with Kota Ibushi facing off my man, Satoshi Kojima. Then we're in a tournament action. We've got Tomohiro Ishii versus Ujuro Takahashi, Kenta versus Tangaloa. Loa. Toriano versus vs. Zack Sabre Jr. And then the main event, Shingo Takagi versus The Great O'Con. Then on Night 16, Thursday, October 14th, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Start Time, we have Hiromu Takahashi and Bushi taking on Oiwa and Fujita. Then tournament action, we got Taichi vs. Chase Owens, Hiroki Goto vs. Sonata, Hiroshi Tanahashi vs. Yoshihashi, Jeff Ka versus Evil, and then the main event of Kazuchika Okada vs. Tama Tonga. And we had a question from EMJ does PR. Which matchup has more fighting spirit, Tanahashi versus Yoshihashi or Wilder versus Fury?
1: Wilder versus Fury had some serious fighting spirit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of one count kickouts. <laughs> no uh, selling. <laughs> no, a lot of no selling. <laughs> Yo, that, that was a great fight. That, that um, was a really good fight. Yeah. Nobody expected that. That was your, your, your classic. Um, uh shocker of the of the of the weekend honestly so i can't imagine tanahashi yoshihashi having more fighting spirit than that to be perfect and i hate to i hate to not put over the product that i kind of work for but damn that was that was a good fight
2: (laughs) um and then night 17 which will be the last a block night the a block final night uh monday october 18th 5.30 5:30 a.m. Eastern start time. We've got Satoshi Kojima against the Great Okan, so kind of reopening that little rivalry there. Then uh, A Block action: Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tangaloa, Shingo Takagi versus Yujiro Takahashi. Semi main event of Tomohiro Ishii versus Toru Yano, and then Kota Ibushi versus Kenta for the big main event. And it's probably going to be, you know, obviously the the decider who's going to win the A Block. Uh, and then we'll record on Tuesday, and we'll preview on Tuesday the final B block night, and then the overall final night. So, let's go! What a run! Home stretch, man! It, Home it, it, stretch. It's gone, it's gone fast and furious. It, it seemed like the you know day one was just you know a few a few, day, a few days ago, but we're already here now, uh, almost to to the finals.
1: Yes, we will make it to October 21st. I will close Excel for the first time in a month, and I will uh, reopen it two days later to preview the World Tag League. <laughs> Probably not two days, but yeah. yeah. Um, this is going to, this last, what, five nights left total, if you include the final? Is that right? Uh, yeah. Might, yeah. Yeah, these are going to be good shows. We, yeah. we got some good stuff coming. This is going to be cool. Yeah, it's gonna. Be, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, um, love 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 the last third of a G1. And if you haven't paid attention and you're catching up based on this podcast or whatever it may be, like you can you can definitely jump in. Kevin Kelly will get you caught up on the English commentary without a doubt. Like he will explain everything to you as the guys enter the ring and then, you know, this set of matches is going to be um this set of matches is going to be the, you know, this is the important stuff. This is yeah. the business end of it. So, y- you know, you don't have to go back and try to catch yourself up. Like just jump in tomorrow morning with the uh, the last two nights of each Block and and then catch the finals. It's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, if you want to, you know, cherry pick on some off tournament nights, I got all my star ratings on my Twitter profile. Also, I've been doing a weekly column over at wrestlingheadlines.com with the implications where we both give our top 5 matches from each week and our top 3 performers, so some match recommendations there as well. Good stuff. And uh, last G one related thing here. Question from readers: Are raising Falcons pick six wrestlers from this G one to never see again in a G one tournament? Who would it be?
3: Hmm.
1: I think there's a chance next year you see six different wrestlers. Maybe that's where the question emanates from. But I think next year is a chance you see six different wrestlers. Um swapped out, right? So yeah. I think you got Tanga, Tamatanga, right? Yeah, they're, they're out. Yudro Takahashi. Sure. Yudro's out, two-year run, he's out. That's, so that's that's 3. 3. Um I think I think Chase is out. Chase, yeah. That's, Sorry, that's, bud. That's 4. Uh, uh Those are the obvious four, I think. Yeah. That like you think are probably getting swapped out. I, I think
2: you got to go Yoshihashi.
1: Yoshihashi, right? I mean, he, like, he was out in 2019. The kind of unexciting run this year. Too. I mean, I, I hate to trash Yoshihashi. Yeah. The beloved, he, he worked
2: but, really hard, but if, if you're, if you're going to bring in Brian Danielson, if you're yeah. going to bring in Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson, Tom Waller,
1: so and you're going to get, you know, Osprey and Jay yeah. White. And like, I'm sorry, but like, Suzuki. there's. There's gonna be people that we don't say out loud here that are gonna get bounced. I mean, my I guess hot take is I think you bounced Goto. I, I was
2: thinking too as well. I mean, after yeah. this, he's two and five right now. I mean, he mm. can possibly get to eight. Uh, I mean, he yeah, I think you you could bounce him.
1: And but that's when it gets dirty, right? Well, <laughs> like also, I think you could bounce bounce Toriano. Personally. Sorry, yeah, sure. You could bounce Yano. I, the only other person that maybe you bounce, and it's mostly because of, I guess, age, and maybe that's even a stretch, is Kenta. Mm. Um, it's just an older guy, doesn't have a ton of history, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Everyone else, I think you you yeah, figure is can. Yeah. St- st- yeah, stay in it. Unless they're right. And, that, and so like every couple of years, you get a G one where everything gets mixed up, right? Right. And that was G one twenty nine. You had I think five or six. I don't remember exactly. Right. We, we five had or Mox, six.
2: Shingo, Osprey, Kenta, Archer. Well, Archer had been in a G one before, but yeah, he had, he had been out for a while.
1: Cobb. Yeah. Tai Chi. Yeah. Those were all first timers that year. Like every what four years, three four years, and maybe that gets extended or short shortened in the current climate um but i i would love a g1 with six brand new guys
3: yeah that have
1: never never been in it and i don't even need another moxley g1 right like that's not something i need if if we got six new guys that'd be sweet and those new guys you know where they're coming from oh yeah (laughs) but maybe maybe it's also maybe it's um narita if he's a heavy if they're gonna push him as a heavy there's
2: a ton ton of great guys on strong you got narita you got filthy tom you got dirty daddy you got brody king um uh you want a penny to fred rosser he's been doing good work i mean there's a a ton of heavyweights on strong that would slip right in
1: man they might have to do a big block g1 i I have to but... but dang <laughs> let's go i could go two months <laughs> yeah dude
2: yeah let's spread it out a little Whoa. bit
1: <laughs> uh, so. or or uh, you know the you do a g1 of usa or whatever right that, seem, that seems so clunky yeah i
2: wouldn't do that or maybe, maybe you do a, a tournament where the winner gets a spot in the g1
3: mm,
1: that's something that's cool yeah yeah, yeah single match or a single block thing on strong where the winner gets to go to the G one. And that'd be really cool.
2: Add some prestige there. And it's, it happens every year. Then it gives it got the strong guy, something really to fight for. Like only one of you
1: guys are going to, and you get you a know. bunch of really awesome singles matches on strong, which you you get anyway, but you may right. as well put some, you tie some stakes to it. Right. Yo, let's book it. Let's do it. Right. Text
2: Rocky. I know. I got, I got the number Rock. Yeah. Like, like Rocky, let's, let's go.
1: Let's, let's, uh, Get us in the Booker's Room, man. We'll, we'll help you out. Yeah, dude, pitch that. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, but, uh I, but I just, you know, I love a, I love a round-robin tournament. I'm a oh, sucker. Yeah, yeah. That's why, <laughs> you know, I watch every minute of World Tag League. Come on. <laughs> uh, You know, speaking
2: of strong, we had night one of the Autumn Attack Tour this past weekend. Uh, Saturday, new Nitro Strong at 8 p.m. was first of that Texas taping, the Autumn Attack. So show opened up, uh, had a really good little uh, interview package from Fred Rosser and just talking about how much it means to be in New Japan and the importance of the Suzuki match. That was a little good little package there. Also, he talked about his you know, the tough loss to Narita as well and being jealous that Narita was getting a, a tile shot. So, obviously, I don't, I don't think we're done with Narita and Fred Rosser. Uh, but opening match here, uh, Suzuki, uh, obviously... Crowd, love Suzuki, came out here. Good little strong style match. Defeated Fred Rosser eliminated in 34 seconds. So Rosser, another setback here. Uh, but hey, it's Suzuki, so you, you got to expect that was going to happen. Then the second match, we had the strong openweight title match. Uh, Filthy Tom Waller defending against Dren Narita. Another great little video package leading into this match as well, uh, highlighting Narita's rise, you know, beating Chris Dickinson and some of the other names that he beat on the way to to uh, get the Filthy Tom, and this was a very uh, good matchup here, very hard-hitting, a lot of great uh, submission attempts here from both guys, but uh, ultimately it came down to Filthy Tom putting out our boy Rennerita. He came close, but couldn't get the job done this time. It was a great uh, screenshot floating around of him sitting in the Shibata pose as uh, Filthy Tom Lawler kicking him in the back. That was awesome, so... Uh, we are just diving more and more into Shibataism. Excellent, um, and then the main event: we had a title or a champion versus champion match as the NEVER Openweight Champ Switchblade Jay White defeated the IWGP Junior Champ Robbie Eagles eighteen oh seven. Very good main event here. see a ton of history between these guys as Robbie Eagles uh, left the Bullet Club. Uh, he turns back on Bullet Club to help his then friend Will Ospreay. Uh, and also Jay has not forgotten that try to get too sweet from Robbie at the beginning of the match. Did not work out. And these guys had a very good back and forth match. They did the, the strong crowd, the American crowd. They love Jay white. So I can definitely see him being on Bay Bayface Bay side of things when they go against house of torture, but you know, cool, pretty cool match here to have the, you know, champ two top tiles, new Japan champs first champ here. Uh, Jay white gets to win post-match promo talks about the situation in Japan says, you know, whenever he goes away, you know, people, you know, in Bull Club make their own decisions that he doesn't approve of. Um and talked about, you know, evil joining last year and now show joining this year. Uh so clearly playing the seeds there for the Bullet Club Civil War. Uh, I know you didn't get a chance to check out Strong, but any kind of anything surprised you hear from these results or kind of the direction they're going?
1: No. Um I gotta get I gotta I got to watch this, this show though. I haven't, uh, haven't had a chance to check in on it with all my, uh, G one pre work. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. get to just watch the G one. Y'all <laughs> I gotta like work the G one. Um, you know, I'm trying to give 36 hours on my previews. So it's not like three hours beforehand. Like a couple of them went through last year, but, um, yeah, I gotta, you know, I'll probably flip this on tomorrow afternoon while I'm, uh, hanging around the house. um, Potentially working through some, uh, what would it be? A block scenarios. Yeah. So yeah, this would be a good, you know, it, Strong's a great show. I had a great time at the California taping. Um, these man, Philadelphia You're all, you all over the camera on that one, man. I know. <laughs> it's like every um, other
2: camera shot. Oh, there Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like all the B roll is just me. Yeah. <laughs> um it's like they knew it's like it's a running gag now yeah, it's like oh sling uh, Oh, there's chris <laughs> yep yep uh and my beautiful wife yeah. you know so that that's probably why the camera found us right mm. she's she's the best um got a couple of her uh, kind of obnoxious laughs on there but um <laughs> which I, I i had to show her which is really really funny because you know you know that's what you do when you're in love um yeah but um no surprise that this is a, a show that got good reviews, right? I mean, like three strong singles matches. Like, what's wrong with that? Sounds yeah. great to me. Then we have, uh, and these Philly shows. I think you're about to talk about the Philly shows. They just added a couple of matches, which I have pulled up that I can I can tag in there if per, you haven't Yeah, seen perfect. Them.
2: They they always do that, like right at the end of the uh-huh. recording. They will post some stuff. Oh, yep. uh, but first, uh, night two of Autumn Attack is happening this Saturday, October sixteenth. And we have uh, Chris Dickinson versus Alex Coglin, Rich Gucci, and Rocky Romero versus the West Coast Trucking Crew of Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs. Got a big eight-man tag here with Juice Robinson, Leo Rush, Clark Connors, and TJP taking on the Bullet Club of Taiji Shimori, El Phantasma, Hikaleo, and Chris Bay. And then big main event, Will Ospreay versus the Alpha Wolf, Carl Fredericks. Um, I think this might be for real Osprey's quote-unquote real IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I'm not quite sure on the kind of tease that. I guess we'll find out when the show happens. Um, and then, yeah, let's talk about uh, the showdown happening in Philadelphia. Uh, also, they'll be taping this weekend, Saturday, October sixteenth and Sunday. October 17th. So I know on what I have here, night one, we have uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Dirty Daddy, Christi- Chris Dickinson, Juice Robinson versus El Fantasmo, Switchblade, Jay White versus Fred Yehai, Will Ospreay and TJP versus Ren and Clark Connors, and then
1: Aria Davari versus Alex Zane. And then added to Saturday just now, uh, Rocky Romero and Fred Rosser versus Tom Lawler and Danny Limelight. Mm. Uh, Team Filthy versus. Alex Coughlin, Yui Umura, and David Finley. Uh Stray Dog Army versus King Fredericks and DKC. And Kevin Knight versus Hikaleo.
2: Man, packing pack the cards of matches. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot of matches on that
1: card. What was that? Like nine? Yeah, something like that. That's yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah that's what right. that's what they do for these strong matches.
2: Um, then on night two, we have Leo Rush teaming up with Aria Davari to take on ELP and Chris Bay. Then we got Switchblade, Jay White, and Hikaleo versus Fred Yehai and Wheeler, Utah. Then we got a big, I think this is a 10-man tag here. We got Fred Rosser, Carl Fredericks, Rocky Romero, Red Narita, and the DKC versus all of Team Filthy, Filthy Tom, J.R. Kratos, Royce Isaacs, Gerald Nelson, and Dane Limelight. Then we got Jonathan Gresham making his strong debut, taking on Alex Coughlin, part of the Alex Coughlin Challenge Series. Then we have Will Ospreay versus Alex Zane, And then the big main event, the Street Fight rematch from AEW Rampage Grand Slam. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer.
1: And what they just added is Clark Connors versus TJP. So. I mean, those guys have been going at it in one way or another for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Finn Juice versus Yuu and Kevin Knight. That's probably one to watch because Uyumura is you—that's not a sure thing. Yeah. Because Umura is the man. We know that. Yeah, um he, he, I I would love to see him pin Finley. <laughs> yo, that's gotta happen, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that's I'll I'll celebrate like I did in L.A. Um, and then this is Daniel Garcia joins Violence Unlimited against the Stray Dog Army. That's cool. Yeah.
2: That's nice, a nice little match there.
1: Yeah. So Dickinson, Brody King, and Garcia against Stray Dog Army. That's a great match.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, lots of great stuff here. Uh, I believe tickets are still on sale for the, the Philly show. So if you're in that Northeast area, I definitely think one, or if you can do it, swing it both nights it would be worth checking out. A lot of great matches here. I mean, uh, I think night two is probably obviously the stronger night with the the Moxley Kingston Suzuki main event. Also, you got Osprey and Alex Zane. I mean, that's like a, a high fire dream match right there. That should be awesome. Uh, Gresham, one of the best technical wrestlers wrestlers in the world right now, is on the card as well. So a lot of great stuff here for Strong, bringing a lot of cool names and excited to see it all happen on NJPW World.
1: We got Best it. weekly wrestling show on available. Yes. Quick, easy to watch, and it's all wrestling. Like, I mean, you get a little bit of promo stuff, but it's not um well, it's not whatever they do elsewhere. <laughs> on on either other show, really right, that's yeah. that's major. I mean, like this stuff, everything happens in the ring. It's just a bunch of matches that are really good and they all mean a little bit, at least. They all they all add up to something. Some yeah. of the sum of all their parts, so uh, it's a great show. They really do a great job with it.
2: Then A few quick other news items here. So, Will Ospreay will be debuting for MLW this fall for their uh, TV taping. So, very interesting that we've seen you know guys like Rocky Romero, and I'll see Filthy Tom working MLW, but now, big guns, Ospreay heading over to MLW.
1: MLW is another really good product that's mostly in the ring. Yeah. Um, if you like if you like strong like mlw is probably like the cousin of strong when it comes to like presentation of pro wrestling Mm, yeah so um easy to watch easy to get into easy to jump in at any point not a lot of like contrived you know wacky stuff so it kind of makes sense that that would be another good partner for new japan in the u.s Honestly, they're they're obviously partnering with pretty much everyone, and MLW is obviously an open, you know, they're an open spot. So yeah, um, yeah. Curious to see what Will Osprey's role looks like there, though, because Court Bauer, um, he's super protective of like his own guys yeah. that are in MLW. Like the booking is they book their winners that like winners, right? And like they never lose until it matters. So. Um, yeah, curious I mean, to see like, a, who, who maybe, he works there's with. Like,
2: a cool like dream match maybe that he could do. Um, yeah,
1: because you got Will's not losing anything until he's not losing anything in the states. I don't think.
2: Right, I mean he's the undisputed British champ. He's the I well the quote unquote yeah un, un uncrowned IWGP World Champ. Like I and mean, they made a belt for him. <laughs> yeah, so he's not losing anytime soon.
1: Yeah, so and that's the run. Like he's gonna have a cool run where he does some cool stuff in the U.S. I don't know, Will might have ruined Jay White's run in the US by showing up, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you really kind of look at it, like a lot of this stuff is stuff that Jay White could have done with, I guess, the Never Belt or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But Osprey's here now. So, and he's got a story. Yeah. And like it, a... it kind of
2: lowers, like you mentioned earlier, that Never Title kind of back to almost a level of where it was at.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> it's almost like Will Osprey ruined Jay White's plan. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's kayfabe or not, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll use it. Uh, The next news item
2: comes from this past week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, Dave says the company is very close to getting a U.S. television deal, but it's not anything that he would call major. But they know they need some television in the marketplace if they want to draw anything on the U.S. project, so... Very curious to see where uh, this, this TV deal is. Where they end up, I know in the past they were talking to Vice. I mean, they used to be on Access, and they, they've been working with Impact. So, curious to see where they end up with this uh, TV deal.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Um, I'll ask you though. Do you think the best play, I guess, for for New Japan in in regards to like a US TV deal is to sell them strong, or do you think the best play is something more like what they were doing with Access.
2: See, that's a difficult question because I, I feel like with, with Strong touring, like like if Strong was just going to be in the studio, I would say maybe you lean more the what they were doing with Access. You show the big matches um, on there and get people kind of caught up. But, you know, they do need television to help draw. We, we, so we've we seen some markets it's a lot harder for them to fill the building up, so I think having a TV deal, you're running these tours. I mean, you you have big stars on tours. You, you have Jay White. You're you got Suzuki in. You got Archer. You you have Mox on some of this stuff. So I think you know you're bringing in a lot of big stars. Um, I think especially if it's a small TV deal, I think go ahead and sell them strong and help yep. um, you know bring some people in the, in the seats.
1: I think strong is like the cleanest thing to sell, right? Because it's yeah. the most episodic. Right, right. I think, and I think maybe the hope then for me, my hope would be that then you've established a relationship somewhere to broadcast your big events if you want to, right? Like even if it's Wrestle Kingdom or like, what do they do with Access? They broadcast Wrestle Kingdom that night or something. Yeah, like later that day. And then you also have
2: those those specials like the uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, where you had the Bucks and Golden Lovers. You had a lot of those those San Francisco shows. So you know, like 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 Valley in the Valley could have be like on
1: TV kind of thing. So then at least you've got a partner, right? With Mm -hmm. broadcast um, for maybe you can, maybe if strong does well enough or if you have a good enough pitch or you have the data from Axis of what these types of events did in the past for ratings or viewership, um, then maybe you could pitch those special events, but then at least you got a TV partner. Um, So, yeah, but I think you're right. I think strong and the U S product is the most, um, consumable in, in that way right especially if you want like
2: diehard new japan fans to support it it's like we've already seen all the big matches live yeah like, yeah it's cool yeah. to rewatch it but it's not a priority but if you're gonna put strong on there it's like all right well you know i'll say we, we first run right yeah, first run like, we, we want to watch strong so yeah you, you get us behind it then you're gonna be have an easier time getting you know the general you know general wrestling fan or tv flipper to you know get behind it
3: yeah yeah uh,
2: then, uh, last thing here, we have uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport coming up on the 22nd. Josh Barnett has added himself to the show. Also, on the show, we have a lot of New Japan representation. Uh, Alex Coughlin and Carl Cloners have been announced to the show. Uh, we have JR Kratos of Team Filthy taking on Calvin Tankman. Filthy Tom Lawler taking on Alex Coughlin. And then, one I'm very excited for, uh, the American Wolf, Davey Richards, taking on our <laughs> man. Yuya Yuamora. Woo! It's the Voices of Wrestling offer (laughs) match. Insert Davey Hump gif here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be fun. That's going to be an awesome blood sport. With Rocky Romero on commentary. Yeah, so yeah,
2: rock on commentary. And so, I think a few more New Japan. I know Royce Isaacs, I believe, is also on set for this show as well. So, a lot of uh, New Japan strong guys uh, being sent over here. So, should be a lot of fun, good experience for those guys. And so Yeah. Should be a hell of a show. That,
1: yo, I'm I I like the blood sports stuff. I don't always watch it um live and I sometimes cherry pick, but that I mean that card is coming together. That's yeah. gonna be a fun one. That, that, that? that, that might What's be 20, a
2: purchase. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's the twenty second, It's the day after the G one, I think, the G one final. Maybe I've had some time to, you know, for the buzz to wear off a little bit and um dive in on something totally different. Yeah. So that'd be cool.
2: Now, we just have a few questions here, and then we'll jump to a recommended match of the week and uh, close this thing down. So, first from Rambo and Slam Pig, he says, Onita has a rocket he has named Jato that he plans to use in a death match in the U.S. Do you think he would make an evil and Dick Togo rocket if we all take up a collection? No. <laughs> I mean, if the, if he's going to uh, aim the rocket at evil and Dick Togo, maybe... We, we, can, we can get some uh, collection
1: going there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Actual death. Or death maybe, matches are just <laughs> bloody. They're not usually actual death.
2: Or maybe if he straps them to the rocket and shoots mm. them, you know. Yeah,
1: but when you get the rocket strapped in, in wrestling, that's a... Good thing. Mm, yeah, well, not not that's not what I'm trying to do here. The rocket's on evil already.
2: <laughs> we know. I'm trying to send this man outer space to the moon. Outer uh, to the moon. <laughs> uh, question here from our uh our new favorite uh Reddit username Pussy Destroyer eight three six one nine. Uh, question uh, for me it says: Tell us about your experience of hosting last week's show alone. How different was it having a co-host? Uh, I said, first time I've heard you hosting alone. Felt like you knocked it out of the park. Well, thank you, Pussy Destroyer, eight three six one and nine. It's actually the last week was actually the second time hosting solo. Um, it's an interesting experience. And Chris, I want to get your thoughts too because I know you've done some solo audio as well. But I think for me, it was just you know having a lot of water because you're doing a lot of talking and you before you know it, your your voice is getting dry <laughs> and your 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 voice your voice is hurting and uh, I think it's just having a lot of notes being uh, prepared, and also, you know, when you're going solo, you don't you'll, you also have the uh, the advantage of you also know, taking some pauses, and you know, not having to do a continuous kind of flow. You can kind of jump in and out, pick back up, maybe run to the bathroom real quick, grab some water. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just being extra prepared, just having more notes, and also uh, just being able to talk for, talk to for yourself for uh, two and a half hours or two hours, however long your your show going to be.
1: Yeah, I um, like doing solo audio is so much different than doing conversational audio, which is, you know, what we kind of are doing right now. But, you know, when I did, I did audio previews for every G1 card last year. Um, And I enjoyed the challenge of it, but I much prefer the, the conversation, right? Like, I don't have to prep for a conversation with jeremy or josh right like i can or anyone anyone that i do audio with like i can just kind of log in sign on as long as i've watched the stuff that we're going to talk about um i can jump in with you know whatever thoughts or facts or whatever i have the solo stuff like you you've got to be like prepped it's almost scripted right like right yeah you know almost maybe it is right like there was there were plenty of times i just read my preview for my written preview i basically just read it off and cherry picked a couple of key stats and and you know moved on so you know and i i wanted to do that again this year but um just my um desire to like keep up differently um (laughs) was you know different right so because Ironically, for me at least, solo audio is more time-consuming than than conversational audio like this, right? So, and we're going to talk for three hours by the end of this whole thing. Um, but like doing three hours of solo audio is probably four hours of work,
2: right? Like we were recording about the same length that I did by myself last week, but it's way more editing because I took a lot more pauses. Uh, there's a, there's it there was like a lot of longer, but like, I also, I edited it together so you wouldn't know it, but like, there's a lot of times where I paused right. or I need to look something up or I, I flubbed the line. I, I was so hard on myself. Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta re-say that. And so I spent like a lot of time editing last yeah. week's episode.
1: Cause the time that you're talking is when I'm thinking or looking at right. what I want to look at exactly. and you're doing the same, right? Yes. When we're having these conversations. So like that's, you don't have that when you're talking by yourself.
2: Yeah, like, this episode's gonna be a breeze to edit. Like, I'm just gonna, yeah. you know, slap on the, the tags, and, like, it's pretty much gonna be good to go.
1: <laughs> right. Like, I... And I'm an audio... I have a background in audio engineering, so, like, um... Maybe not background. Background's probably overselling it a little bit. I've done some audio engineering, so I've done some music mixing and things of that sort, too, in my in my past, so, like, I was, like, I would just get into the weeds of, like, that stuff and the editing and the fading and like making it sound like a sentence just like carried on, even though I, you know, like yeah, yep, yep. part of that to me, <laughs> just getting distracted, wanting to mess around with something. Um, but part of it was that like, I depended on the editing as opposed to just like hitting a good take, right. Right. Yeah. Or like redoing a good take, Dude, but they- like, uh, when you're talking, it's not really like a take. It's not like singing, right? If I'm singing, like, you got to hit a good take or you can comp together some things because you're doing the same thing over and over again. I may not use the same word or my mouth might be in a different place from the microphone. And like, I don't know. I would got way into the weeds on it. So I'm not Joe Lanza just like <laughs> sitting around, uh, like probably like leaning against a desk <laughs> with a microphone, like dropping takes. Like that dude does solo audio better than... Eddie or like, you. I guess more naturally than pretty much anybody like he just he talks and it's great like and i know i've talked to like brandon thurston about this too like he does a ton of solo audio for wrestlenomics and like same deal like a lot of audio editing a lot of you know tying it all together and like that time that jeremy has right now to think about what he wants to say next and how to say it (laughs) in a way that's um you know intelligent and like just like clean um you don't have that when you do solo audio so it's hard
2: Right, there is great satisfaction in editing together like two things to make a sentence. And yep. like it's like beautiful and it flows together, like Oh, they're not gonna even tell that yep. I, that I string that together.
1: <laughs> and then like you listen to it back and you're like, oh man, I heard that. Right. Yeah. Or you're like, yeah, like Smooth. nailed it. Yep. <laughs> like just the, the perfect fade on the same word that I use the same inflection on. Right. And you're like, that's oh, thing, oh, to no.
2: the inflection because you could say the same word, but if you're like mm-hmm. talking low like this and then your next thing is oh, super excited, it's like it's like oh, what happened there?
1: <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Solo audio is hard. Yeah. It, it, you get you kind of can get used to it, I guess. Um, or you accept the, like, this is a pretty well produced, good sounding podcast every week. Right. Like, and, and that's why I'm happy to jump on it. Right. Like, this is not like a, someone phones it in it's like you your know, mom somebody, and pops podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a good professionally produced podcast. And like, that's hard to do by yourself, you know? So I mean, an honorable, an honorable job. I'll apologize publicly for bailing on you <laughs> last week at the last minute. Um, but sometimes life gets in the way, you know. Hey man, um, it, it's, is what it's, it is it is. a shoot job. Sometimes you got to make that money. So sometimes, you know, like the the New Japan, the Kidani checks are not that big, y'all. Like <laughs> they, you know, and they get lost in the mail a lot, mm. a lot. You know, pretty much every one of them. So. Man um no i yeah it was i felt terrible doing it and then when i saw that you did solo audio i was like oh man that was supposed to be me (laughs) um so but here i am on a potentially more important show yeah um
2: it's good you know we're we're closing in the closing stretch i think yeah this was probably in hindsight a better episode to have you on hey so
1: happy to do it anytime that i'm not you know bogged down (laughs) by the rest of my life yeah man (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, next question here from the underscore dark underscore, underscore soldier. He said, hey, guys, remember when Jay White turned on chaos and joined Bullet Club? Fun times. But do you remember at the time when Jay mentioned that there was a mole in chaos? The chaos mole. Why wasn't it followed up on? Was it because of Chuck Taylor leaving in JPW? At the time, Chuck E.T. was getting himself and Trent DQ in their matches, leading them to losing the World Tag League, and overall was being unhinged and an annoyance to Trent as he called him out on it. Was Chuck Taylor being primed for that spot in a feud against Trent? I can't believe it. We're getting a Mole and Chaos question. We used to get a Mole and Chaos question <laughs> like every week when that storyline was happening.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer. To that. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in so long. Yeah, I mean, maybe.
2: That that could have been the angle. I, I think, it would, like we mentioned earlier, a lot of times guys do promos and just kind of, you know, trying to work their own angles. In, in the backstage comments, it's not like they're getting a script. Like, they can kind of say whatever back there. So I think that was just Jay White being Jay White at the time and, you know, just kind of stirring the pot and causing chaos, in chaos, um, by saying that there was a quote-unquote mole. But, I mean, the Chuck E.T. thing, I actually never really thought about that, but that could have made sense. <laughs> Uh, last couple of questions here from Dom Homie One Hundred One. First, what are some of your what are some of your guys' favorite wrestling venues? One that I'm
1: sitting in, <laughs> the good old living room, or no, office. like, um, I mean, my favorite wrestling venue to watch wrestling at, like on TV or on video, is Osaka Hall like i just think it's such a cool looking place i will get there one day right um and i think a lot of cool stuff has happened there but it it has a special aura about it mm. um even yeah like new beginning 2020 i guess it was at, from new beginning osaka was like my show of the year like just some cool stuff has happened in that in that building and it just looks so the ceilings really cool and and all that so Otherwise, I mean, I've been to a bunch of cool stuff at the Sears Center or the Now Arena. So yeah, lucky.
2: the Now Arena is really good. I was there for uh, All In.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've All In, I've been to both All Outs, I, you know, like, you know, Chicago, so I'm lucky. Um, all State Arena is great for a big WWE show. And, you know, WWE is not the best product in the world now, but um, they've had some really good stuff. And a lot of cool stuff has happened in that arena, too, so um you know my chicago bias is coming through. i did see new japan at hammerstein ballroom that was cool mm. uh, i know gcw is running there soon and and that seems to be they seem to be making a big deal out of that i think that was a cool thing to be at so um yeah i you know and then you got your standards you know cork and hall tokyo dome um you know some of the some of the U.S. standards or you know a lot of the U.S. stuff like we haven't found great venues because everything kind of looks the same because it's mostly been WWE for so long
2: yeah I really liked um, my time at Madison Square Garden uh, Mm -hmm. for uh, that show there the G1 uh, Supercard thought that was a cool venue uh, to kind of be at and watch wrestling at Um, it's just stuff stuff in here in Florida uh, Daily's Daily's Place in Jacksonville Uh, it's a really cool venue also to watch uh, AEW uh, we used to have um shows at the the Orpheum in Ebor so if you've watched evolve anytime they were in Tampa or FIP a lot of those shows were in the the Orpheum uh bar a small little bar in Ebor great set, a great fun place I always mean, like a raucous crowd to to watch wrestling unfortunately uh post pandemic we haven't gotten any shows at the Orpheum um I think um the, we have we have the Largo Loop here there's a lot of little small little venues uh Minrig Hall is a has been uh one of our favorites the uh dollar popcorn you, you can't beat that <laughs> you, you watch uh, Adam Cole versus Ricochet in, in a North American title main event like can't can't go wrong with that uh so and then uh you know as, far as bigger ones in Tampa we have a uh, Amalie Arena here obviously WWE has run that a lot I'm hoping that will we'll, we'll get to do, to run that eventually. I am going to Dynamite next weekend in Orlando, so that should be cool. Uh, nice. But
1: yeah. It's
2: of my favorite You bringing
1: there. your big uh your big Jeremy Donovan head?
2: I'm uh, thinking about it. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not my birthday, so I don't really you uh, not that special on that day, so maybe hey. we'll, we'll see. <laughs> oh, it's special, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Uh then his last thing here he says I would like to give a shout out to the people's champion Deontay, the bronze bomber Wilder, for bringing back the excitement into the American heavyweight boxing scene and to the heavyweight division as a whole. Too bad that the American fan base didn't appreciate Wilder, but maybe he will get some love when he's gone from sports like the other American heavyweights, but I'll give him his flowers. Can I get a bomb squad? Sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was a hell of a fight. I yeah. I mean, I, Yeah. I mean, I had to watch it on delay, so I didn't see it live i i kind of wish i would have been able to but you know, life
2: yeah really good fight uh i but, watched it live yeah. at a bice house yeah it was yeah definitely probably one of the best boxing matches in quite some time
1: totally and yeah. n- better than anyone could have Expect expected it. it to be yeah because yeah, exactly. everyone i mean the result is the same as what everyone figured but not 11 rounds right so
2: then last yeah. thing here, a recommended match of the week. So last week I recommended for us to watch Will Ospreay versus Ricky Knight Jr. for the Undisputed Rev Pro title match. that just happened a few weeks ago, and, man, this was an incredible matchup. Chris, have you watched this match yet? No, I haven't. I heard it's good. Yeah, dude, it's real good. This is the first time yeah. I've seen Ricky Knight Jr. wrestle, and, this kind of reminded me of almost got like an Okada Tanahashi match where you you have like the veteran, uh, Osprey in the Okada spot and then, or the Tanahashi spot and then uh, Ricky Knight Jr. in the Okada spot, with the young kind of brash guy that's you know on the scene and really kind of challenging, the veteran for his spot and a ton of great spots, too many to name, uh, but I'll It's it's Will Osprey, so you know it's going to be a great match from his end. But Ricky Knight Jr. did. Awesome on his end as well. Ton of great spots. Definitely, if you haven't watched it yet, go in and watch it. Also, it sets up the the angle at the end with Aussie Open joining the United Empire. So there's there's some New Japan cannon there as well. So, uh, really great stuff here. Um uh, and because I forgot to ask you to to pick a recommended match of the week, but
1: the, the, I got you. You got one. You got one ready. I uh I worked out where this was going. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: it's not my not my first time. All right, so I mentioned earlier that I'm sad that we don't get Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito in a couple hours here. So I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of the Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito saga, 2013, August 2nd, Ibushi versus Naito, uh, G1 Climax, Block B. Uh, It's the second night of... Uh, the 2013 G1 Climax, which is a great G1. If you haven't watched the 2013 G1, like, uh, you know, I don't know, you got time on your hands. That's a hell of a G1 tournament to like dive in on. The shows are all both blocks and like it is just such a stacked tournament. But um, this was not even the main event of the night, obviously, because Ibushi was kind of a guest and Naito, Naito was on the come up. Um, yeah, but this was the beginning of what ended up being kind of a, a, kind of a generational feud for these two and, and something to look forward to as, as their career goes on. So, you know, go all the way back to young, you know, young Ibushi, young pre L.I.J. Naito. Um, and um, yeah, it was, it, that's a good match. That's a really good match. There's so many good matches. That's one of those G ones where you look back on it and you're like, Oh, like this is what the G one could be. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's, it's short, but it's um man, these you could tell that these guys are gonna, if they had the chance, which they have, they were gonna they were gonna carry through and, and have some cool stuff. So um yeah, go but go back to the beginning. And then I think I have a Twitter thread where it's just all their matches. Um just watch all of them. <laughs> nice. But my official recommended match is from G1 twenty thirteen.
2: Nice. Looking forward to uh, checking that out. Uh, Chris, thanks again, man, for coming in. Go ahead and plug all your stuff. Let our listeners know what you're working on and where they can find you online.
1: Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at the Chris TheChrisSamsa. Um, you can find actually all my written preview stuff for the G1 is just going up at VoicesOfWrestling.com this year. Um, and then you can find any of the kind of stats that I use in those previews that you can kind of uh, manipulate or maneuver around with, with... Um, kind of sortable tables. You can find those at sport pro wrestling.com
2: Nice. Well, next week we'll be back to uh continue reviewing the G1 Climax 31. We'll be reviewing the uh last few nights before we get to the final B-block night and the overall final night. So if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting slash donate and clicking the donate button under the Keeping it Strong style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Twitter. The show is at KISTrongStyle. The network is at Social Suplex. I am at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook. We are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. also find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Instagram, we're at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Just keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at SocialSuplex.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Social Suplex Podcast Network. And check out all the other shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have one Radio hosted by Rich Ladder and James Boyd. The Grave Consequences Podcast hosted by Caleb and Maserati. 8-Bit Suplex with Josh, number two. All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin. And The Great Match Generator with Danny. And we got a new uh, AW Match Guide podcast coming soon as well with Sir Sam. So be on the lookout for that. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.